This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking the top 10 films of 2022. As we go on, we'll remember all the 2022 films we saw together. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, my voice is back, Aaron. How are hey, you? Hey, good. I'm great. I'm, I'm feeling very good. You know, it's it's been a been very rainy in my neck of the woods. That's um, good. Off and on. Yeah, not bad. California needs water and whatnot. But you know what? Yeah. I had a nice day with my little <laughs> girlfriend. I'm all psyched and ready to do this this big show we're about to do. How are you feeling? It's it's a big show for sure. I'm feeling really good. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you and the the guests. I know you haven't mentioned him yet, but even though his name is printed on the episode, <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you guys about your top tens and uh, get into this. Well, out now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. Uh, we dig into, we generally dig into movies we most prefer to review with a critical commentary track or some of the from movie topic. This is episode five hundred and five twenty. Five two. Oh, oh, this is a numbered episode. It's a numbered episode, sir. Yes. Okay. Yes. Five twenty top tens. Let's go. Yeah. Yes, we are talking the top ten films of twenty twenty two, and uh, joining us to go over our top ten films of twenty twenty two from movies. Marcus, he's turning Batman and Bros toward an uncharted lost city of fantastic beasts in a Jurassic world set in the multiverse of love, thunder, and longing, or. He's actually just in Amsterdam on a bullet train, while also in, in a Sharon with the Fablemans. His bones and all are truly everything, everywhere, all at Babylon. It's Marcus Robinson. <laughs> Hi. That was good. Snaps. Impressive, yeah. <laughs> wow, good job. Marcus, how Hi, Marcus. are you doing? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm ready to, to, to give you all my downer picks and... <laughs> gloom and doom and whatnot yeah yeah we're on the countdown to the depressing animal <clears throat> documentary you have for us this year at your top 10 but we'll we'll get there I'm yes sure. here we we'll, go we'll definitely oh, get there we'll, we'll get there we'll yeah. get there don't you worry <laughs> but no marcus glad to have you here glad to have yeah. you here as somewhat of a representative for all the great guests that we have throughout the year because not only are you here oh. to talk about your top 10 with us but throughout this show we're going to be have a, having a number of uh some small clips featuring many guests of the show going over their top 10 films of the year so it's truly an all-encompassing out now there in an episode as a go for the uh the best that 2022 had to uh, had to offer that is true and uh you know uh you're here because uh you're the best of the best of the best sir awesome yes with honors <laughs> thank you yeah, with <laughs> finally captain <laughs> america over here he's just I'm really being... excited he has no idea what he's in for <laughs> finally i'm being recognized thank there you. you go yeah so all right About well time. let's do this yeah, we uh, well, let's okay. Quick show notes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, this show joins many other episodes we have where you can find all of them on iTunes, and you can also give us iTunes reviews and ratings, which would be great. It would help out the show, helps pop other people find the show. Thank you so much in advance. You should, you write your top five in there. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, let's see, commentary tracks. We always do commentary tracks every month, and we have a new one coming very soon. It's going to be part of a theme that we're going to be doing for the next few months. Uh, the theme is I Love LA. And it's going to be a series of action or action comedy set in Los Angeles. Is that yeah. trademarked by KTLA? Or or Randy Newman. Um, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I say it with three exclamation points. So I agree. Oh, that. they only say it with like one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. exactly. And they also yeah. say GM. Thank you. 
but our, that's our cool. First, yeah, that's our, a great theme. Yeah, our first commentary is going to be for John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the other thing. It, they're all through, they're, they're all through different decades. So that's the seventies. The eighties we have Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. The nineties okay. we have Rush Hour. Mm-hmm. And the two thousands okay. we have Collateral. So that's going to wow. be our, our next uh, for January through April. Those are going to be our commentary tracks. So yeah. if you like getting prepared, that's how to do so. So uh, stay tuned. Solid lineup there. Yeah. And, hey, well, I don't want to overpromise here to the listeners. Michael Mann might be on for that collateral one. I, I hope you're on for some of these pod, these, these commentary tracks. I think you, I think we'd have a fun time talking about Rush Hour and Beverly Hills Cops. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I can't use your ID, Aaron. I'm not 6'1". <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep callback to rush hour folks that's such a funny joke <laughs> that's, yeah. it is well, a funny joke because they pause on the photo of carter <laughs> he's like an afro i think in the photo. yeah he's, and he's like smiling real big <laughs> i can't use this i'm not six, one. six one. <laughs> uh last thing uh there are of course a lot of horror movies last year and it was a pretty good year for horror in general we did this last year with a friend of the show mike dylan we're gonna do it again we're gonna do a little uh, horror awards episode uh coming up as well i like this yes Bonus horror award episode so stay tuned for that professor uh, mike dylan yep PFD. Yeah, right. the one and the same yeah, yeah. the yes. one and the same so <laughs> not that you said the one and the only <laughs> Either way. Okay. All right. Let's do this thing. Let's get into our top 10 films of 2022. And uh, what we're going to do here is Abe, Marcus, and myself are going to go through in a circle, uh, going through our, our 10 through ones, all of our top 10 films. And we'll have some other stuff after that or what have you. Um, and then during all of this, you'll hear from other guests of the show as well and some small clips. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Philip Price. I run a YouTube channel called Tavern Talk. And my top 10 of 2022 was at number 10, Turning Red. Number nine was Pearl. Number eight, After Sun. Number seven, Elvis. Number six was The Northman. Number five was Vengeance. Number four, Tar. Number three, Glass Onion. Number two, The Ban- the Banshees of Inishirin. And number one, Top Gun Maverick. Thank you, guys, and thank you to Aaron and Abe. We'll see you all in 2023. Peace. Great to get your top tens, and now we're going to go through starting with our top tens. Yeah. Marcus Robinson, I want to know, what is your number 10 film of 2022? My number 10 film of 2020. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is, <laughs> it is uh, Nanny. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a movie that I haven't, uh, I, I know that it won uh, the grand jury at, at Sundance, mm-hmm. uh, um, but it's kind of died out. I haven't heard anybody talk about it uh, by the time I saw it in, in November. But I thought that, I don't know, do you want me to tell you a little bit of about, or do you yeah, just want l- me to a go? A little over? bit and a little bit why, why it made number 10. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's uh, about a Senegalese uh, immigrant uh, who is working for this uh, very abusive uh, upper uh, upper class uh, white family in New York, and she's trying to raise money to get her child uh, to come live with her in America. Yeah, her child's back in Africa. Um, why I enjoyed this movie so much? It reminded me of a movie called Black Girl, a nineteen sixty six classic, um, set like a the seminal piece of of of, of African uh, uh, cinema. I know it's getting a lot of kind of like backlash because it's 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 a, a Blumhouse film that's not particularly scary but i wouldn't say it's any less scary or any more scary than the babadook and i you know everybody liked that movie so 
I feel like this director pulls from the Babadook. It pulls from Black Girl. It also looks like Moonlight. It looks, the, the cinematography here is just spectacular. It pulls from a lot of those those things. It, it, it's it's a reimagining done with like really haunting haunting proficiency, mm-hmm. and I, I just think it's it's just a very very well done movie. Uh, you know, people will say what they want about the ending, but I just think it's a really really well done movie. If you come in it with it, expecting horror, you might be a little disappointed, but you know, I I I think it it does what it does and it does it really well. Excellent. Yeah, glad to hear. I, really, I, where did you watch it? I guess it's on Prime. It's on Prime. It. It's yeah. on Prime. Yeah, really strong lead performance in that film. Mm-hmm. Yes, she, exactly. She's been that. around for a while. Like her, she's been. I've seen her name a lot this year. I think Anna Job, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah, on, yes. One, she's on some show, right? She's on like one of the shows that's out there. Titans. Yeah, that's it. There you go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay, Abe. What's your number ten? My number 10 for 2022 is the Bob's Burgers movie. No need to go over the synopsis. Everyone's seen it. Why it made the list. This year has been our return to cinema, so to speak. The Bob's Burgers movie, there was a lot of uh, warmness in this movie that I think people who have seen it can attest to. And I go back to the review when we talked about it many months ago and how everybody that bought a ticket stayed through the credits. And they were there. Some of them brought a, a blanket to be with their, their their partner. It was really nice. It was almost like a communal viewing of like this really cool property that everybody in the in the audience really enjoyed. And it doesn't really take the Bob's Burgers franchise too 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 far in terms of like what is it's expanding upon, which I kind of appreciate. But I I like that it was a, a simple enough story. But there's a lot of um like what we talked about in the, the review as well, there's actually a lot of thought into how they had created the the dancing sequences and the dance numbers and how it actually looks like it actually incorporates real human movement. But I enjoyed this. It was almost like a warm hug. Hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed ah. the Boz Burgers movie. Agreed. Um, yeah. And wow. what is your number 10? My number 10 is Steven Soderbergh's Kimmy. Yes. I um. I'm totally down for Soderbergh just dropping in and being like, I got another film. Here's it on streaming. Bye. Um, yes. If he just <laughs> seems to like, like last year, I really like no sudden move here. We have Kimmy, yeah. um, a really solid techno thriller with a lot of Hitchcockian vibes on top of it. Uh, Zoe Kravitz mm-hmm. is very good as the lead. I really like the, just the Soderbergh of it all, as far as it's not necessarily subversion. It's just, he just gets how to do this thing. He gets how to just, film something in a way that just feels totally unique into itself and of his style. You have a script by David Kep, who's known for kind of blockbustery studio things. And this is Soderbergh just making a genre film essentially, but it's really effective and it is informed by the times as far as both our reliance on technology, as well as uh, being set specifically during COVID. Um, it's top to bottom, an exciting thriller, 85 minutes. It's not a long watch at all. It's totally streamlined to be exactly as long as it needs to be. Um, It's very entertaining, well acted, great score by Cliff Martinez, as usual. Yeah. Um, There's just, uh, this is like a finely tuned watch. I mean, it's just just exactly what it needs to be. I was a big fan. Yeah. I I also love how you say that Soderbergh just films things and just drop it. Mm Mm-hmm. He's been doing that for quite a while now because uh, uh, of how his stance on Hollywood has been. But it's been really fun to just be like, oh, a new Soderbergh movie's out. Yeah. Yeah. I did like what you said, too. It, it, it does trim a lot of the fact that like, there's no down moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that was kind of that was that was different. I liked it. It's very focused. Yeah. Hey, Mark Hoffmeyer here from Movies, Films, and Flicks, and the Movies, Films, and Flicks podcast, Con Air the podcast, and Deep Blue Sea the podcast. And here are my ten favorite films of 2022: ten Marina, nine Happening, eight EO, seven Mad God, six Thirteen Lives, five RRR, four Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, three After Sun, two Barbarian, and number one Decision to Leave. Also, honorable mention to Moonfall. It's beautiful. Watch it. Love it. Hi, Aaron and Abe. This is Jay Cluett from Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, Pon Air, the podcast, and Life versus Film. Not the podcast. My ten, my top ten films of 2022 are number ten, Mad God, Phil Tippett's just immense project. Uh, number nine, Barbarian. Number eight, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, it's a Marvel film. I like it that high. Number seven is RRR. Uh, number six is the Batman. Number five is Glass Onion. Love Glass Onion. Number four, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Number three, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, which I'm sure everyone else is at number one. Uh, number two is the unbearable weight of massive talent because it starts with somebody watching Connor. And number one is the Banshees of Inner Sharon, which I watched again recently and still holds up. It's a fantastic film. Uh, thanks very much for having me on the show last year. Look forward to being on again soon. Keep up the good work. Happy New Year, etc. All right, Marcus, what's your number nine film? My number nine film is Happening. Oh, it's, uh, okay. <clears throat> it's uh, set in 1960s France when uh, abortion is illegal. And it's a pretty simple, straightforward story. Um, uh, uh, a young woman planning to go to university uh, uh, finds out that she's pregnant and wants an abortion. And we just follow her as she attempts to get this uh, quote unquote illegal abortion. Um, uh, and, and, and why it works so well is it's just very unflinching. Um, we see her friends abandon her. We see, um, uh, people, uh, 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 doctors, uh, try to sabotage her. Um, we also get, um, uh, to the back half where it becomes this increasingly uncomfortable and, and, and painful watch. And I think it's just really important to have, a movie like this out there, especially for uh, 2002 being uh, the year uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think it, it was, uh, might be one of the most important movies on, on my list. Yeah. It also made a President Obama's list. So, you know, there you are. Oh, you, awesome. you and Barack just go. on the same page. Yeah. That happens all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happens often. <laughs> all right, Abe, what's your number nine? My number nine is a movie that came direct to Hulu. It is Prey. Um, yeah. This is a movie that we talked about on the on the show as well. In the episode, I lamented that I was not able to watch this in theaters, and I was kind of sorrowful that it, it never actually even hit theaters. Um, maybe maybe super ultra limited for Hollywood or it I'm sorry, in Los Angeles. No, it was it was just press screenings and that's it, press. which is a shame. Okay. Yeah, but it was a huge shame because visually, I thought that there were some beautiful things that they had done in this movie, not just from the standpoint of how the predator looked and how his his weaponry acted, but just the way that they shot with wide open, you know, settings, you know, where they are in the uh, American frontier West kind of thing. Uh, but beyond that, it actually is a really good story about a woman coming into her own, trying to be a warrior for her, uh, her folks and her people. And I thought that that part of is something that has been missing in all of the other predators. Um, the first one, it doesn't really hit on the seat there, but the first one's kind of like a classic because of how serious it was in tone. 
but I think there were some, you know, missteps in some other sequels that this one really handles really well. And I, I cannot stress enough that there's a, an emotional connection for the the main character, but also her brother in this movie. And, and that's probably why it, it vaulted onto my, my uh, top 10 list here. But number nine is Prey. Yeah, that's just a really awesome. solid Predator movie. I'm just really, yeah. really yeah. happy that it delivered. Happy that Dan Trachtenberg is just getting it like, yeah, as yeah. far as doing these things. Mm-hmm. Aaron, your number nine? My number nine is Neptune Frost. This is awesome. the Afrofuturist sci-fi romantic musical <laughs> directed mm-hmm. by Saul Williams yeah. and Anissa Uziman. Um, big fan of this movie. Uh, I've been trying to champion as much as I can since seeing it back at, uh, I think it was like Sundance last year. Um by the time I know it's been touring, but it's just a really solid film as far as giving me something I just don't haven't seen before, nor can I compare it to much. Mm-hmm. Um, it is entirely its own thing, and that's why I like it. It's full of music that I really enjoy as far as incorporating, you know, various uh, African beats and rap and poetry and more. Um, if anything, the what I really admire about the film is how I've seen it for times now at this point and i still don't think i like fully have like taken in all of it as far as what Mm. it's ultimately trying to do like it certainly like has some clear ideas and agendas on its mind but i still think there's more left to discover which is the best kind of movie for me one that i already like but i find rewarding as time goes on um it's like i said its own thing but the fact that it's you know just exists in the way it does and looks the way it does and sounds the way it does you know, giving me that kind of experience for a movie that's unlike anything I've seen before. That's certainly something I like to see when it comes to, you know, seeing new movies. Yeah. So yeah, the Neptune Frost. Four times. Congrats, man. That's that's a lot. It's of not time. long. Like, you don't even <laughs> really watch a lot of movies, but that's yeah. a lot. You know. I've seen it twice. No. Yeah. It's a fun yeah. one to yeah. put because it's a just, fun watch. Because you watch, you're just like, I want to. <laughs> I want more of this. I want. Yeah. I want more of what's going on. This here. is incredible. What yeah, a, right. what a world of this built. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Aaron and Abe, this is Mike Dillon from Cal State Fullerton. My honorable mentions for 2022 include After Yang, The Banshees of Inisherin, No Bears, Playground, Reflection, and Return to Soul, as well as the documentaries Bad Axe, Descendant, and Hold Your Fire. But my top 10 favorite films of 2022 are number 10, Baby Assassins, number 9, Neptune Frost, number 8, Kimmy Number seven, Hit the Road. Number six, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, with a big shout-out to my friends Jason Kisvarde and Kelsey Ephraim, who worked on this film. Number five, God's Country. Number four, Top Gun, Maverick. Number three, Tar. Number two, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, which is a bit older, but was released in America this past year. And number one, Holy Spider. Happy New Year. All right, Marcus, what is your number eight film? My number eight film is The Woman King. Do you enjoy practicing with the men in the infantry? I see you flirting. This is not allowed? You know it is not. Why not? The men who are soldiers have wives and children, but the Agogia cannot. How is that fair? Were you this arrogant with your family? No wonder they gave you away. It is you who is arrogant. I am a general. I have earned it. You have earned nothing. I should put you out. Mm. I have watched soldiers die because they did not have discipline. Their easy life did not prepare them for- I did not have an easy life. There's an Ogogia. I did not have an easy life. 
is I, I want to be with the others. I want to fight for my king. Your tears mean nothing. To be a warrior, you must kill your tears. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it's a movie that caught me uh, completely off guard. Um, not only is it one of the best action movies of, of, of uh, 2002, but it's also... 2022 yes um yeah it, it exactly would, there it, we go. Would 2022. Of of it would be it'd be the it, two towers we'll say the transporter year. and the woman king <laughs> <laughs> of any year um but um it's also a wonderfully female-centric in a power in a really powerful physically powerful yes but also like emotionally bonding powerful way um in its depictions mm -hmm. um it's about the uh, uh, the all female unit of warriors uh, in the kingdom of uh, Dahomey in 1823 West Africa, and I really I know that a lot came out of 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 uh, um, uh, there's a lot surrounding this movie, um, good and bad, but I really wish that uh uh people would experience this movie because it really is worth experiencing even if you watch it at, at home it is really worth experiencing for the action elements for the message that it's trying to present and for seeing this cast of 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 women uh lead this film this kind of film um and get a chance to lead this kind of film um before I wish people would see it before you know they would make statements. But you know, this is this is my number eight pick, and I think it's I think it's really strong. Yeah, really good movie. Made my it's on my yeah. runner up stuff, but it's really good. Okay. I was so happy yeah. I watched it again over the uh, Christmas break with uh, I watched it with my grandmother and she really enjoyed it. But um, it is a really yeah. solid action movie. And it's just such a crowd pleasing movie. Like it does such yeah, a great job exactly. of like setting you up with multiple characters so by the time things happen to them you're just like oh i'm really caught up in right. what you know is going yeah. on right. with these people right um, so just good stuff yeah and i still don't understand whatever controversy there is and i'm like that these things are addressed very plainly in the movie but whatever that's what uh, i thought too. that's why i'm saying I, I wish people would give it a chance because they are addressed and you know you know but whatever you know it also yeah. is like very well reviewed so i don't know whatever yeah <laughs> it really is yeah, yeah. it's made some people's top 10 list too so. yes it yeah it's it's in awards conversations that's <laughs> like, yeah, right uh abe this is true what is uh what's next what is your number eight film my number eight is turning red this is a movie that also made my mid-year awesome. my mid-year uh, uh top five i think when we did mid-year mm -hmm. um it's a movie that again i wish would have been released in theaters i think it's one of pixar's mm -hmm. strongest movies of the year um but not only does it tackle themes that are probably universal for a lot of people just in terms of, you know, girls coming into their own kind of thing. But there's also like this Asian American element to it too, but specifically this Toronto Asian American element to it that mm -hmm. is not really, is rarely seen. Um, and I thought that it was really, really like therapeutic to some degree. I know that some friends watch it with their mothers and they had a really strong connection to the movie. But beyond that, it has a really sense of, it has like a whimsical animation style very reminiscent of maybe some anime films. Um, and I like that, but it's just a really good movie that has a lot going for it. The more that you watch it, it's very rewarding upon third, the second, third, fourth rewatch. Um, and I, I cannot say, I cannot stress enough just how good the music is either. Like this is a fake yeah, band. music. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was just that 
it's clear that like they they definitely like tap into like this 2000s boy band vibe and these songs are incredible it's made by i forget the guy but he, he's done he's partnered with like lin Manuel Miranda in the past like jordan something but um yeah anyway turning red number eight awesome pick yeah. as far as who made the songs what uh whoever wrote like the the pop songs um for turning red oh it's let's say it's like billy eilish and her brother i believe if i'm not mistaken for the pop songs yeah. oh wow okay i thought it was like some other guy maybe he's the singer on it maybe the singer yeah but uh yeah, jordan fisher yeah phineas so, I... that's the guy that's the brother yeah <laughs> that's the brother yeah yeah so uh but what about you Aaron? what's your number eight my number eight film is athena Oh, um, awesome! An, another yeah, short good. film, a whopping ninety minutes. It's available on Netflix. Very easy to watch. Um, I made these things very simple. Neptune Process on Canopy, by the way. Everything's easy to watch online. Um, Athena is a really strong, really well shot um, French action epic of sorts. Um, it's directed by Romain Gavras. I believe his debut film. Um, it's co-written by him and Lady Lee. Lady Lee. Uh, he made the film Les Miserables a few years ago. Um, well, we reviewed, yeah. Which we did. Um, I thought that movie was, it was solid up until a point. Yes. And this feels like it does better with like finishing that point okay. um, as far as showing the kind of the results of problems going on between citizens and the government and police. Um, the main thing about this, or one of the main things about this one that, I re- that just is so captivating, um, there are so many very long tracking shots that Mm -hmm. make up a number of sequences, including the opening, which is breathtaking as far as how elaborate it is. Mm -hmm. And regardless of, you know, uh, whatever tricks are used or whatnot to stitch things together, it's still a, you know, a, a a way of getting an observation of something taking place and being so visceral and excitingly filmed that it's hard to get past that. And beyond just like technical qualities, like the, the messaging it's putting out there. I like that it's going across. It, it's it's debating with you, like, you know, is it exploiting the situation for the sake of cinema, or at the same time, you're seeing, you know, you're you're putting attention on something by using art, right? And I I found that to be very compelling, and just this whole movie I thought was just pretty masterfully filmed. So Athena is my number eight film. <laughs> Great poster, by the way. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. What's up, Aaron and Abe? It's Ethan Anderton or Bradford Oman from SlashFilm.com here with my top 10 films of 2022, probably the best list uh, of the year. So at number 10, we have Athena. Number nine, we have The Fablemans. Number eight, we have Tar. Number seven, The Banshees of Inisherin. Number six, Glass Onion. Number five, Babylon. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, After Yang. Number two, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And number one, RRR. Thanks for this, and be sure to check out Go Flicks Yourself. It's a podcast. Hello out there, out now with Aaron and Abe listeners. It's time for me, Brandon Peters of The Brandon Peters Show, and whiteserblue.com, at Brandon4KUHD on the socials. Uh, My top 10 for 2022. At number 10, I have a, like, tie of sorts which i just called hooray for well-made blockbusters with avatar the way of water and top gun maverick number nine decision to leave number eight nope number seven r r r number six banshees of the initial number five babylon 
Number four. Everything. Everywhere. All at once. Number three. The Fablemans. Number two. Pearl. And number one. Tar. 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 That's right. I said number one, not 21. Number one. Back to you. All right. Uh, seven, Marcus. What's your number seven film? My number seven film is Elvis. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as as somebody who isn't uh, an Elvis fan and really couldn't uh, care less if another generation is introduced to him, um, but also somebody who knows a lot about Elvis because my mom is like the biggest Elvis fan ever. Um, this was going to be a hard sell for me because I've seen every single documentary and biopic and notable impersonation. Um, And all I wanted going into this was something different. Mm -hmm. And what Boz Lerman gave with just the retelling, he just basically retells Elvis's life um, is so much different and more. He basically transports us into crowds of, of, uh, where Elvis is performing he 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 more importantly gives us like the the most probably accurate feeling of how it was to be in that crowd of how it was to be around Elvis of how it was to be alive in that time um and he does it in his Boz Lerman flamethrower larger than life modern score electricity in the air style um which just it's impossible to hate this movie it's impossible to dislike this movie it's it's like pushing three hours and i i didn't feel like it was pushing three hours at all um i also believe it's boz lerman's best movie and i believe that austin butler's gonna win the oscar for it but that's not a huge stretch i don't think (laughs) yeah great uh great music but it was all just from the real elvis and i also think that you know lerman he definitely has his style stamped on it which i dug the only thing i kind of didn't really dig is that it yeah. kind of seems like a, a colonel what's his face movie um yeah see that but that's what i liked I I, <laughs> I I i i you know there's a million elvis movies yeah there's a million documentaries you could go see whatever and this was just different it, there's no yeah. other elvis movie like this it doesn't even come close that that's fair so yeah. that's what i appreciated about this i was look i went and there was like three hours another elvis movie i'm not a huge fan i went with my mom who was already like uh-huh. gonna she had the glasses on and everything and i was like oh this is gonna be a long she, she might listen to this whatever but it's, it's, this is gonna be a long three hours but i was kind of blown away yeah okay i the thing i asked from elvis was just let baz do his thing and baz certainly did his thing so i can't complain on that front yeah. it's very much a movie that may, feels made by a director with a vision yeah. and you yeah. know while i i i have like some issues with it i still think it's a right. a, a fine fine movie as far as yeah. all the things that you would hope from an elvis right. movie when it comes to the production design yeah what have you so right. it's all there My well, favorite, what, uh, what 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 issue oh. did you what issue did you have with that oh austin butler was terrible i'm kidding he's great um i, I yes <laughs> no i i agree with abe as far as it, it, it's not that i don't want colonel parker's version of like i like that idea i just right. think like and I get that he's like that, but I still think Hanks could have dialed down a bit 
I I, I feel okay. like that it's it's just such an overwhelming performance where it's mm-hmm. threatening okay. to take over so much of the film. It doesn't. I think the movie still works. I do think that if it was calibrated a little bit, it might have been stronger for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. But I can't okay. deny, like Austin Butler, a person who went from you know obscurity, except like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> to being still still pretty obscure. He's like in the movie for like three minutes. To to be, I mean, he's a big part of that three minutes. But to be yeah. to becoming you know, one of the possible best actor winners. Right. <laughs> like right. it's, that's, that's not a bad, you know, who, who can't really shake his uh, Elvis voice. And it's been, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm getting a little tired of that. What are you talking about? They were, they always talk. I mean, uh, they were asking about the confronting him about it. It wasn't like they're, 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 uh, they're letting it pass. They're giving him a pass on that. But yeah, I mean, he he said that it was like going to another country. That I mean, makes sense to me. I mean, if you're going to tell me an actor told me this, I'm like, okay, I'm just supposed to believe the actor <laughs> whose life is making believe. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's chosen to go method through the entirety of the of the uh, be- award he, season. So, he's going beyond Robert Downey Jr. He had breaking and not breaking character till the DVD commentary. Like the DVD, exactly. Out. Like he could be breaking. Character. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, right. so right that after is, the Oscars, he goes back to his. He just goes back. I to would like, be very entertained by like the second the Oscars end. It's like, hey guys, this would be Austin. <laughs> I think I think it's actually just too much. Though. He, I'm, it, I'm it's pulling his a goof. Now. Yeah, he, there's no turning back now. Hey, that bruh. is his voice. <laughs> yeah, I, it has to be. Yeah, I hope he's hired on to play like some baby baby voiced <laughs> teenager. <laughs> okay. Um, Abe, what is your, where are we on? Number seven film. Number seven. Yeah, my number seven film of the year is After Yang, a movie that was released earlier in 2022. And to be honest with you, I think what, uh, you know, this this huge run with Colin Farrell, I think this movie kind of helped to kick that off. But this movie is very interesting in a multiple multitude of ways. A, the opening credits of like them just doing this dance number is incredible. Um, But then B, I think there's a lot of layers of, what what is a soul in this movie um and that is i think that you could probably overlook this very easily and say oh this movie is a little bit over dramatic about this family needing like this robot he- helper in the future like for one it's like a semi semi future futuristic movie so it could be even today or tomorrow kind of thing there's there's some really cool things that they do it's with the, the setting that future yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, not too distant future. They do the setting almost like a her style back in like 2013, where yeah, yeah. it actually looks modern, but also people are using technology that is like pretty futuristic. Um, the other thing I really liked about this is there's a sense of multiculturalness to it that is just like this is just how we are. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. There's it's not pointing and saying like you see how there's like a mixed race couple here with like an Asian daughter. It's like no, it's just a family and that's the part that I was like, once you like, if you don't even care about those things, which you shouldn't, um, the, the bulk of this movie is actually just this really like, it's almost this poetic way of dealing with grief and dealing with loss. And when you get to the end of this, I mean, I was kind of swept away by just how this movie ends and it's very simple, but it's just the daughter having like this conversation with her, her brother that is not there anymore. And I was like, no translations it's just it is what it is and i was like a24 you did it again so uh, after being it's my number seven that's a good pick i was a big fan of uh columbus Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. i i yeah yeah. coconut keep doing your thing like right yeah this is 
a really great movie. Uh, Colin, one yeah. of one of the best Colin Farrell movies of the year. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. <laughs> until we until we come up to maybe the top fives. But yeah, he had like he had four movies this year, dude, and he was he great. All yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah, he he's been doing a lot of great he had work. Like an AMC series where he's like a whaler, like he was all over the place. What, what was that one called? It, I forget what it's called. I don't. Yeah, know but right uh, yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> he's all so, over. Exactly, Aaron. What's your number seven? My number seven is Avatar: colon, The Way of Water. Boom. Um, Avatar: <laughs> um, The Way of Water rules. <laughs> I'm just checking my notes. Um, it says rules! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Question mark! Exclamation point! Um, it's uh, you know, like ever since James Cameron's like, I'm making like a bunch of these. I'm my my thought has always been, yeah, cool. Like, why would I want? less of James Cameron making his own cinematic universe. <laughs> like, that just sounds great to me. Like, the guy knows what he's doing. And, and he's literally making it, all of it. Yeah. Like, nobody's from the, gra- from the ground up. No comic book, no other thing involved. Just like, I just have ideas. Like, and I want to I wanna put them into a thing. And they're going to be mm-hmm. under the, the Avatar banner. That's what I'm doing now. Um, like, I was already a fan of Avatar. I, I'd still say it's like, the fifth best James Cameron movie, but like he makes great movies all over. So it's like, yeah, cool. Give me more, give me more of this. And this one just strengthens everything I liked about the first one and then increases more so by adding just cool shit throughout the movie. The the mm-hmm. use of the ocean and all the creatures within it, I think is wonderful. The 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 yeah. Tolkoons, including character of the year, Paya Khan. I mean, yes, give me space whales all over the place. Like, I'm just all about what what he's been doing and creating a a fresh new like universe to latch onto and give us characters that have more depth to them that we can explore. These visuals are, of course, gorgeous. You know, the fact that there's emotional stakes that I was really caring caring about three hours into this movie. I yeah, I I mean, I I I never had a doubt that James Cameron wouldn't deliver when it came to finally delivering the sequel to Avatar. And here we are with the film where it ended. And I'm like, I want to watch that again. Also, I want to see the next four of these or whatever you have planned. So yeah, Avatar The Way of Water. It's great. Yeah. And I know that um, uh, I know that you basically showed up in your Navi costume with your USB port uh, in your ponytail ready to go. Ready to plug in. That ponytail I have, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was a it was a genuine ponytail that's what it was hey it's kevin taft with we live entertainment here to give you my top 10 movies of the year uh at number 10 triangle of sadness at number nine would be the fablemans eight after yang seven spirited six bones and all five spoiler alert four you won't be alone three Babylon, I know, I know. Two, RRR, and number one, Cha Cha Real Smooth. Some honorable mentions, Prey, Women Talking, X, Elvis, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of other movies that I love this year, but that's what I can think of right now. Hey, all you Aaron and A-bites out there, it's L-Y-T, Luke Y. Thompson, writer for Checks Mental Notes, slash film. AV Club, Superhero Hype, Films Gone Wild, Bunker 15, and your mind. Uh, Here's my top 10 in alphabetical order just to be annoying. Avatar, The Way of Water, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, The Batman, Crimes of the Future, Enter Galactic, seriously, see Enter Galactic, it's amazing. Everything Everywhere All at Once, A Love Song, Mad God, 
the unbearable weight of massive talent, and Gaspar Noe's Vortex. Gaspar, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> Marcus, <laughs> what is your number six film? Um, my number six film is Prey. And oh, all right, uh, doubling Abe, up on Prey. Abe's, are, yeah. Abe's already talked about it, so I'll just uh, I'll point out some of the things that I liked about it. Um, I loved how how the movie uh, takes its time to focus on uh, that it is a native story first and foremost, and then mm-hmm. uh, like a predator story second. I do I do love that. Um, I also loved that it used a, a character like Predator as ruthless and bloodthirsty as the Predator as this like foreshadowing event for like the indigenous uh, fight against European colonizer. I think that's that's kind of like a genius kind of uh, storytelling thing that they did. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I really, really thought this was a more than solid effort. It, it, it's for me, it's on par with the original. Um, for very different reasons, but um, yeah, I love that uh, representation continues to be addressed and championed in this way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's number six. Great, yeah, not much more, much more to add to pray except yeah, it rocks. <laughs> like watch yeah, on Hulu right now; yeah. it's very easy. Exactly. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I wish it did get a wider release. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean that'd I be you know that'd be wonderful if they're like you know what guys we're putting pray in theaters. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to see this on a big screen. Yeah. 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 All right, Abe, what is your number six film? My number six film, controversial, because uh, it may have come out in 2021, (laughs) but it was released in the U.S. in 2022, is Petite Maman. Um, Okay, that's okay. This this is a movie that we we also talked about. (laughs) Innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I know that sometimes it can be a little tricky, but Petite Maman is, um, it's this really cool, like flashback, flash forward type movie, time travel type movie. Um, really, it's it, it's very short in time length. So I'm I'm following Aaron's lead here. It's like 88 minutes, uh, including credits, and it is just this wonderful, light-hearted-ish look at again a theme of grief and a three a theme of, I guess, saying goodbye to some degree, and acceptance. And I I really enjoyed it for the two co-leads acting in it um these two twins from france but what i also enjoyed is that visually like the time travel is is pretty seamless in this it's basically like the front of a a grandmother's house um and at times it's like fall other times it might be winter or what have you but it's a really sweet short film and by the end of it i was just like this movie is incredible so petit maman my number six it's only one of the best autumnal films um of this decade this is true or century whatever you want to say um yeah i i'm a big fan very good big fan of the movie yeah same yeah aaron your number six my number six film is jordan peele's nope how exactly do you enter an agreement with a fucking a ufo alien entity or whatever the hell you want to call it gene jack call him gene jack so how about this how about we Send old jean jackets and fresh horses and golden hour and see what happens. Mm-mm. Horse people. Mm, why not just set them free? We're not doing that. Okay. Who's gonna go down there and get the star out of his trailer? Me. 
I'll get him out. Where you want him? You draw him out there. I'm here. On this ridge. Oh, shit. Made her myself. No electricity. Didn't I tell you this motherfucker was gonna come up here with a non-electrical camera? Let's go, boy! Yeah! Ooh. Heard um, The fact that it's number <laughs> six um, is wild to me, because like every time I think about this movie, it's like, this is great. <laughs> I've seen it a number of times. It's always very exciting to watch. I think the... Mm -hmm. You know, if, if Avatar didn't exist, I would be like, this movie should be getting a lot of visual effects notice because I think the the work done to okay. visualize what Jordan Peele's going for with this movie, um, as far as Jean Jacket's concerned, I think is really well handled. And along with having Hoytaba and Hoytaba's uh, gorgeous cinematography featuring IMAX camera footage, like I just think it all right. comes together so incredibly well. Um, you have a terrific set of performances here of Kaluuya, Palmer. Uh, Michael Wincott and uh, uh, what Brandon Perea, mm -hmm. like a breakout role, like just a, a great. A, a set of Stephen Yun, Stephen, of course, Stephen. Yeah, I was thinking oh. of the farm. Uh, yeah, and Stephen Yun, of course, who's wonderful in this movie. Um, just all these things come together to make like a wonderful like ode to Spielberg and other films, but also continuing Peel's choice to find ways to deliver certain kinds of messaging inside of an entertaining package. Um, mm -hmm. The idea of commenting on the kind of overlooked people involved in filmmaking and let alone black, uh, black history when it comes to Westerns and Cowboys. Like there's just so much here where right. much like uh, Neptune Frost, actually, like I keep finding more things within this film every time I watch it. Yeah. Uh, and it's continually entertaining every time I do. So yeah, Nope is my number six. It has been great to read people's think pieces about everything that you might have missed in terms of details and in terms of expansions. Um, but what I really like about Nope 2 is that, again, like the way that I viewed it when I was there, you could just view this straight through as like this horror type movie. You're also going to be incredibly entertained. For sure. I'll, st I'll stay silent on this one. Hey there, out now with Aaron Abe. This is Alan. I'm going to give you my top 10 of 2022. Number 10 is Ambulance. Michael Bay is back. Number 9 is Prey. Number 8 is The Menu. Number 7 is Avatar The Way of Water. Number 6 is Top Gun Maverick. Number 5 is The Fablemans. Number 4 is R, 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 or as I like to call it, Rrr. Number 3 is The Batman. Number 2 is Jackass Forever. Number 1 is Banshees of Inisherin. All right, thanks, guys. Hopefully, I'll be on soon. Appreciate you, and I hope you have a good time. And those top ten lists keep me talking. All right, <laughs> should we, should we uh, do some feedback here? Yeah, before we get to our number fives, uh, we're halfway through here. Let's uh, let's hear a bit from the listeners with some out of feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback. Thank you. Uh, first question here is: What is your favorite film of 2022? We asked this to all of our listeners, and thank you for writing in. Chris has probably The Northman, RRR, Top Gun, Maverick. Brian and Charles and Barbarian. Sorry, but everything everywhere all at once just didn't do it for me. But it might because I'm multiversed out at the moment. But it might be because I'm multiversed out at the moment. Well, Chris, you're crossed off my Christmas card list. Actually, <laughs> 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 Christmas just passed. So you have 11 yeah. months oh. to make so it up. Wait, wait for 11 more months there, Chris. <laughs> uh, Tyler has <laughs> everything everywhere all at once, and Banshees are 1 and 1A for me. Mark Hoffmeyer, friend of the show, has. My head says decision to leave. My heart says moonfall. Uh, Philip has Top Gun Golden Maverick. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, and Gary Schwaffer friend show has <laughs> cheating, but a tie between Pinocchio and Tar. That'll be Del Toro's Pinocchio, just to clarify. Del Toro's, yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. All right, please. Well, cool. We'll hear more from the listeners as we go on here, but uh, let's keep things going. Hey, this is Peter Paris. I write for WhySoBlue.com, and we live entertainment. And here's my top 10 movies for 2022. Fall. Yes, Fall. My favorite genre, thriller, mid-budget thingamajig. I loved it, even though people were like, eh. Okay, uh, number nine, Babylon. Number uh, eight, The Batman. Number seven, Top Dung Maverick. Number six, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number five, Official Competition. Number four, Turning Red, my favorite Pixar movie in ages, probably since Coco. Number three, Fablemans, best Spielberg movie since AI. Yeah, I said it. Number two, Tar, K. Planchette, amazing, and it's not just about cancel culture. And number one, RRR, just, I don't know, so much has been said about it. I saw it with a great crowd. I can't wait to see it again with a crowd. I loved it. Fantastic for for movies. This is Michael Lee from the Nerds of Color, and these are my top 10 films of 2022. At number 10, The Banshees of Inishirin. At number 9, The Fablemans. At number 8, Nope. At number 7, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. At number 6, Decision to Leave. At number 5, Top Gun Maverick. At number 4, The Batman. At number 3, RRR. At number two, Turning Red. And at number one, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Back to Marcus. Marcus, what is your number five film? All right. So finally, uh, we're going to get to some weird stuff. Um, My uh, number five is uh, Resurrection. Yeah. Okay. And, okay, so I tend to, you know, as, as you know, I tend to gravitate towards some kind of like morbid cinema from time to time. And this this kind of got me right where right where I itched. Or uh, it's about a, a woman. She's living with her teenage daughter in the city. She suddenly begins to see a man, uh, Tim Roth, uh, who from her past who shows up at random places and seemingly is trying to intimidate her. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I, I know this is been getting a lot of of of, of uh, notoriety because of Rebecca Hall's uh, central performance, which is great. She has that monologue; it's bizarre and weird, and I loved it. Yeah. But what I what I really loved about this movie was that it takes a common thriller and it puts this surreal and disturbing twist on it, and pushes that twist to its kind of like natural conclusion. And I wasn't able to like wash it off after I saw it. Sure. I, 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 and I also, I believe it does what a, a good, a good horror should do where it has some, a statement on, on like some kind of like real world uh, issues and where this one is, is involves uh, grooming. Um, I, I, I loved this movie. It was really, really bizarre and weird and disturbing and just very marcus so Mm -hmm. yeah very marcus yeah yeah i one of the things i really liked about this movie too is that like you said earlier there's even a a slim chance when i was watching it that is this even actually happening um yeah and that that's the part that irked me the most about watching this until you get to later parts of this yeah, I think I think you question it until the very end. And even then you're like, 
is this? And even then, yeah, I watched it with my wife and she was like, because she hates uh, movies that just, she like movies that just go off the deep end. Um, And she's just like, what? What is happening here? And I'm like, don't ask me. I, I, I'm, yeah. (laughs) I didn't make the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree that Hall is very good in the film. Um, and I do think Roth is really good in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very much. He's, you know, it, it feels like, like, you know, when he was like nineties, Roth, I feel like his kind of villain roles were certainly a thing about him. He'd be, you know, playing a yeah, lot of yeah. villainous characters and I don't necessarily think that went away, but it's certainly like, there's just been less Tim Roth and just seeing him be back in a movie like this, where he's just, you know, regardless of what he is, represents real, not whatever. He's just so menacing right. and terrifying yeah. in this role yeah. without doing a lot beyond just kind of saying some words and grinning maniacally. <laughs> like, right. So. right. And yes, it's a feel, very yeah. cult leader vibe to right. Him, yeah. Uh, like, I think yeah. the, th- the part that adds to that disturbing thought that you have there, Aaron, is that you see it play out on screen because of what Rebecca Hall, how she reacts to it and what mm-hmm. she does. You're just right. like this is this is not this is weird. So it gets back to Marcus's grooming grooming point. And it's not great. Yeah. Yep. Well, Abe, what what cheery movie do you have for your number five? Film? <laughs> well, it is a cheery movie because my number five film of the year is Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. You know, there there's nothing in here about finding them. There's so much nothing. She's the best. She. What? But my dad has pink shoes. So do my grandfather. So cute. Peace. Uh, yeah, obviously peace. Like, what a weird thing to try to test to see if someone else is into. Like, of course I'm into peace. No, sorry, I'm a real war person. No, war, actually. I sign all my personal letters. War. Let the battle begin, Marcel. Oh, um, man. This, this is, is wholesome. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a movie that is... Uh, shortened time frame them well and again if you've seen the shorts uh, on youtube maybe like a decade ago this is just an expansion on that but what this has ultimately at the in the in the center of it all is this big old heart and this big old heart with like these they're not even like trying to tug on your heartstrings you know in a in a way that will make you obviously like bing bong cry um it's more of this is such a nice moment of finality and seeking happiness for others around you. And, you know, I'm talking about a little bit Isabella Rossellini's character in this movie, but on the whole, this is such a, a, a nice movie. Like again, the theme of my list here, maybe some of them, not so much, but is it's been, it's been a, a weird couple of years and these movies make me feel something um, mm-hmm. when I'm watching them. So Marcel Lachelle, she's on number five. I can see that with all of these. Even, even pray, I can, I can get that as yeah, far exactly. as I yeah. feel I, good I about. I mentioned the emotional attachment to the, the brother and sister, but and even when something... he kills the bear, it's, it warms me up inside. <laughs> these are these are uplifting picks. <laughs> I, I think he, he, nice balance in the realm of like a really solid genre film. I'm happy to put on anytime I want to. Pray easily falls, yes. and that, that is like a good natured yeah. feeling to have as far as like an action right. movie that just makes me feel great because it's well done. Yeah, there you go. But Marcel the Shell. Um, yes, wonderful. That movie's great. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> no notes. Like, it's it's a fantastic <laughs> film. Yeah, um, it's like it was irresistible. Yeah, yeah, irresistible. That's a good word. What about you, Aaron? What is your number five? Uh, my number five is the very wholesome uh, Park Chan Wook film, "Decision to Leave." <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
think this movie is fantastic. It's yeah. um, one of the best directed and edited films of the year, and it mm-hmm. looks terrific, as one would expect from a Park Chan-wook movie. Um, I like that his basic logic for this film was like, I wanted to make something that was less extreme than my other movies so audiences would watch it. <laughs> and I like that that resulted <sighs> in him being in the awards conversation, at least for mm-hmm. the, like at least international, but ideally get some more recognition because I think there's so much great here. I think uh, Tang Wei and Park Hae-il are fantastic in this movie as this detective and this suspicious widow character. Um, their interactions, like there's so much layers to it um, as far as, you know, detective versus a possible femme fatale, um, the, the kind of budding romance that they have, the... The, just all the things going on like between them and with the plot around and the multiple plot lines that kind of converge in various ways you know it this is the second hitchcockian film on my list and I, i'm very happy that two directors i really like are doing hitchcock proud in the realm of like really just solid mysteries that come together in interesting ways so just right. to leave a fantastic film it's on movie uh currently for those who have movie uh, and i mm-hmm. think it's on vod as well but yeah just a great film all around awesome yeah, exactly that. It's one of the best looking films of the year, for sure. All it's right. like stunning to look at. Oh, yeah. for sure. All right, with my uh, top 10 for 2022 and my son Arthur sitting next to me. Hi, buddy. Say hi. Hi. That's Arthur. Uh, here are the top 10 that I saw. I didn't see as many movies as I wanted to. There's some notable movies I didn't see. I didn't see everything ever all at once. I didn't see... Top Gun Maverick, I didn't see Decision to Leave, but I did see 10 movies that I felt good enough about liking that I could list a top 10. So number 10 for me is um, The Black Phone. Uh, Number 9 would be The Northman. Number 8, Late Edition, The Menu. Number 7, Adrian Lyne's Deep Water. Number 6, Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Number 5, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Number four, happily to say, is James Cameron's Avatar 2. Number three is Banshees of Inisherin. Number two is Crimes of the Future. And number one is The Indomitable Tar. Um, okay, that's it. Good times with you guys uh, in 2022. Looking forward to more commentaries and other stuff in the future. This is Yancey Burns, Milky Way Blues. Bye. Hey guys, it's Jimmy O joining Aaron and Abe to give my top 10 of 2022. Let's start off with, of course, number 10, Violent Night. Number 9, After Sun, and of course, After Sun. Number 8, After Yang. Number 7 is Pearl. Number 6, The Banshees of Inishirin. The number 5, Everything Everywhere All at Once. 4, Wakanda Forever. 3, The Whale. Number 2, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and finally at the number one spot, Robert Pattinson, yes, as the Batman. Thanks, guys, for listening, and keep on listening to the boys. That's stupid. Delete that. Okay. Uh, Marcus, what is your number four film? Okay, so my number four film is uh, Triangle of Sadness. Hey, right. and um, yeah, I <laughs> I wrote on Facebook that uh, it was like a movie that was made just for me um i i i liken this to like if somebody were to tell me a joke that started off with like socialism and capitalism were on a cruise together this is that this is the that two and a half hour joke and i was here for it um it's not subtle it's probably longer than necessary 
and the antagonists are all like billionaires and wealthy criminals so it's easy to root against them mm-hmm. but it really just warmed my heart i i i it, the, the storyline is simple it's it's a uh a couple of models find themselves on vacation on a yacht with a group of ultra rich bad people and there's the staff who's instructed to never say no and to, to to that nothing is better than a tip um you know the humor is ranging from um like political class analysis to barf and feces <laughs> humor and it's relentless and yeah. it's 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 like this superb um bashing of the, like the social elite um and if you've ever worked in retail or like um uh, uh any in the service industry this is basically like a two and a half hour uh love letter to the working class and i was kind of i was just here for it i was here for it people in 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 in, in my theater because uh, they played it at this really kind of stuffy theater um in in palo alto and uh i went there and you could tell there was people that were very the stuffiest of the bay area cities by the way when they when they started well no 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 well there's theaters in los gatos yeah okay okay but are they as stuffy as the 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 theatrical part of part of part of part of palo alto there you go but there was people that were very uncomfortable when the reagan joke started so i was very happy (laughs) i was very 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 pleased they were very uncomfortable and i was i was having a great time so there yeah, you go. That's, yeah. As Marcus a, Robinson, uh, man of the people. As a as a yeah. two and a half hour movie, it's not easy to make that kind of comedy, like make the laughs that consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Just just look at Judd Apatow movies. Uh so yeah, that's I a was, great comparison. Though. So <laughs> the fact that I was laughing throughout this movie, I think just says all right. plenty about how good uh Ruben Oslin, the director, is at just making this all work. Like I'm a big fan of his right yes. now. I really like Force Majeure. I really like the I I really I'm a the big square. square fan. I know like it's more yeah, mixed same. than Force Majeure. Um and so trying to go sadness, I'm like, yeah, give me more of this. And it's just <laughs> hilarious. And yeah, that cap yeah. that captain's dinner is an all-timer comedic set piece. So exactly. Yes. It shouldn't work, but it works in the same way that the the fart sequence in tra- blazing trails works blazing saddles yeah no, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, Blaz- that's Blaz- yeah blazing blazing saddles that's accurate yeah that's a good yeah all right abe what is your number four film my number four film is the banshees of inish here and oh we crossed over darkly comedic but at the same time somewhat warm and fuzzy as well um everybody here is giving a plus performances i think carrie condon is giving a plus plus performance I'm kind of bummed that she hasn't really had a lot of uh, coverage during the award season, which is, you know, the movie's going to do pretty well. But at the same time, I think that there's just a lot going on here from the standpoint of, yes, you know, these friends that weren't friends anymore, but it's because of the personalities of each of these individuals that the story evolves and becomes even more tragic and funny and like, you know, humorous, but humorless at some times. But then beyond that, there's like the whole entire thought of, well, what do I leave behind as an individual? You know, specifically in this case, as a man who wants to do more than just drink uh, with my buddies all day. Um, and again, obviously set behind the backdrop of the Irish Civil War. Um, but there's just so much going on in this movie. But beyond all that, it looks fantastic. There's beautiful Irish island countrysides, uh, great animal acting, and 
I, I gotta say that, you know, as simple as uh Podrick is in this movie, Colin Fell's character, just a guy that you want to root for and a guy that you want to like pick up when he's down. So that that makes it even worse when there's like the silent sequence in this movie that Brendan Gleason has to go pick him up after he's gotten punched in the face. And that's just it just it hits you in such a way that it stings your heart, but it also kind of warms it up sometimes. Now I'm sitting here next to you, and if you're going back inside, I'm following you inside, and if you're going home, I'm following you there too. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. And if I've said something to you, maybe I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it, but I don't think I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But if I did, then tell me what it was, and I'll say sorry for that too, Colin. With all my heart, I'll say sorry. Just stop running away from me like some fool of a moody schoolchild. But you didn't say anything to me. And you didn't do anything to me. Well, that's what I was thinking, like. I just don't like you no more. You do like me. I don't. You liked me yesterday. Oh, did I? Yeah. I thought you did. What about you, Aaron? To piggyback off what you're saying about Colin Farrell's character, I was so happy. I've seen it a couple times now, and I look forward to seeing it again. I... Mm. I so I was so happy the first time I picked up right away that the film opens with Colin Farrell walking with a literal rainbow over his shoulder, yes. and he's the happiest oh, yeah. he's he's the happiest he's ever going to be in this movie. Because um, mm-hmm. it's such an interesting arc to watch to unfold as he realizes things that are going on and thinks about what he's doing through himself as a person and where he wants to be at the end of this movie. So like, I like I like Austin Butler. I like Brendan Fraser well enough, but like Colin Farrell's given like the performance that I want to see like get rewarded the most, <laughs> honestly, by the end, you know, Fair with, enough. If, in terms of realistic expectations, because I have other to pick. <laughs> but right. as, as far as ones that seem likely to happen, like if it's a race between those two and a couple others, like I really like what Colin Farrell's doing here. But yeah, this whole right. cast is great. But to speak to, and I know you've spoken to it already, Abe, so I'll speak about McDonough. Because uh, I think as much as like In Bruges might still be my favorite Martin McDonough film, I think this is his best effort as a director. I think it's such a well-assembled I hear what movie. you mean by that. I think he's he's evolved so much as a filmmaker where he just yeah. gets what he wants to do, not only in the writing, which of course he's great at because he's a playwright who's won many awards for such thing, but like the the lush cinematography here from uh, Ben Davis. Um, it lo- it's such a good-looking movie that knows how to like make the islands look serene, of course, but also look empty. Like there's so yeah. much nothing here, which it's almost like a prison, which is it, weird. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a kind of double side, double bladed kind of thing as far as that goes. It's it's such a a lovely place to look at, but at the same time, you think about what these characters are going through, and it's like I get it, I get why you know some people want to leave or some people are just you know, doing their own thing. They're stuck here. Yeah, the, and on top of that, you have uh, Carter Burrell doing it, uh, putting in a fantastic score in this yeah. movie. Like there's just so much great stuff in the assemblage of Banshees of Inishirin that I really admire. So yeah, yeah, this is a really, really great movie. Really. I just want to highlight something that you said, which I think is very, it, it's wonderful, which is about directors. Um, some directors, you know what their best work is. And then there's also this, what I would probably call their most accomplished work. Sure. So I hear you on the front of Martin uh, McDonough here. Cause I think that, you know, an example that I think about all the time is, is I think, uh, what is that guy's name? Wes Anderson's best movie is the Royal Tenenbaums because there's just so much in there. He's, you know, it's about his life and everything like that. But his most accomplished movie is probably the Grand Budapest Hotel. And I think about this with uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino as well. I think his best movie is Jackie Brown, but his most accomplished is probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or... Um, Inglorious. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. I 
yeah, I I typically agree with you on this. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I we should be talking more about this as directors go. You know what I mean? Like, there's a best, but there's also like they've gotten all their powers and they've been able to make like an incredible movie. But it's an interesting some... thing to think about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As far, especially yeah. when I have you know directors that have so many have a have a long oeuvre to yeah, go through. Agreed. All right, oh, Marcus. So I, oh yeah. I actually wanted to say one more thing about Colin performance mm. because when going into this and, and watching trailers and whatnot i expected this to be an his in bruges character because you know you normally see colin as <clears throat> brooding or kind of like the bad guy or whatever and then you see him in the in bruges and he's he's the oaf or whatever <clears throat> so i expected that this is a more a, a, a different character yeah and it could have been played the same but he plays it differently, and yeah, I just re- I did really respect that one. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going in expecting that, then it's it's not that. So yeah. Right. Good observation. Okay, I'm here now with Alex Billington. He's going to run down his top ten films of 2022. Yes, um, my list is also usually based on what I've seen in the year, including some festival films. But I love them anyway. So uh, number ten is the menu. Number nine is uh, the Eight Mountains, an Italian film that i hope everyone sees uh number eight is close this belgian film mm-hmm. uh number seven is batman the batman sorry uh number six is athena number five is the whale controversial i'll probably be canceled now um number four is tar uh which i am a huge fan of and can't wait to see again and number three is godland an icelandic film that i think everyone will catch up with soon uh number two is decision to leave and number one is, uh, of course, the one and only Everything Everywhere All at Once. All right. Well, thank you very much. Scott Mendelson, film reporter for The Wrap. Here are my 10 best films of 2022 in descending order. Number 10, Avatar, The Way of Water. Number 9, Emily, The Criminal. Number 8, Amsterdam. Number 7, R R. R. Number six, The Black Phone. Number five, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Number four, The Woman King. Number three, Women Talking. Number two, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And the best movie of 2022 is The Fablemans. Okay, Marcus, what's your number three film? All right, so continuing um, my downward spiral, <laughs> uh, we're going to have a uh, cow. There, uh, right. which, there it is. There, yeah, Aaron and I were talking about when this is going to show up. <laughs> when was it going to come? Okay, so it's number three. Any of these could have been number one, yeah. But it's a documentary about uh, the life cycle of a dairy cow um, directed by um, Andrea Arnold, who did American Honey, which is one of uh, my favorite movies of that of the year that it came out and uh fish tank um good movie and and yes yes and so what i really respected uh, uh, about this movie is it it gives us a glimpse into um into something that we rarely see here in the states it's it's mostly illegal to film inside of um a farm or uh in, in inside of a um any kind of slaughterhouse or anything like that um, here, so um, it gives you, it basically we see 
the birthing process. We see uh, the cows being the the mother being separated from her young. We see uh, the milking process. We see insemination process, and we see this process go over and over and over again. And we follow one cow. Um, and we see kind of how this the physical toll and uh, how these animals are abused until they're kind of no longer mm -hmm. viable. Um, and we get this cut it's unflinching look um, into into this cow's life um, on a farm. And so I know that um, there are animal rights films out there that uh, like on Netflix, like uh, Seaspiracy and the large ones, the big ones, they're usually ones that get a lot of play. Uh, uh, the mass animal uh, uh, killings. Um, but I, I do think that the more important works, the ones that are going to get through to people are the ones that focus on one animal or two animals. Just like Gunda from last year, um, this focuses on one cow. It, it allows you to bond with the animal. It allows you to empathize with the plight of what this particular animal is going through. And there are other animals around, but the focus is all on this animal, um, this, this, uh, this cow. So I thought it's just... It, it's just, it's just really, really important work. Um, it's a devastating work. It's a hard work to watch, but I, I do, I do champion these films um, for for those who are are they don't they don't they're they're really afraid to watch like those slaughterhouse movies that people try mm -hmm. to get you to watch, or um, they're they don't want to watch like uh, uh, something uh, like Seaspiracy, which can be a little bit. Um, uh, not disengaging, but just like uh, it, it, it'd be like, oh, it's happening somewhere else or it's happening that I can't feel it. It's not, I, I don't feel the connection. This one, you will feel the connection. Gunda, you will feel the connection because they're focusing on one, one animal. Um, so yeah, I think, it, I think it's really brilliant. Well, Great. Cal is currently on AMC plus as well as on various VOD uh, areas. So if you want to check out Cal for yourself, you can do that. Yeah. Abe. <laughs> I do not have an uplifting movie to, to count for Marcus. <laughs> oh no! What? No, it, it's not that it's 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 not as dark as Cal. <laughs> uh, my third, my my top three or my number three movie of twenty twenty two is Tar. Um, ah. This is a movie that Aaron and I talked about, and I use the word incredible to describe it, hmm. mostly just because of the way that you are given almost like a litmus test within the first twenty five minutes of this movie about how you view this person, Lydia Tar. And whether you are kind of with her, understand her, or maybe just like, I don't like this person at all. But what makes this movie incredible is that there's a, a huge number of like weird, eerie, like hilarious thoughts in this movie, but also visuals. Like I love that people have screenshotted some parts of this movie where you hear tickings in her house at night and it's pretty eerie uh, to see some of these things here mm. but I thought that this movie is it is a uh, it is why you should probably go see movies in theaters for one but also it is just an incredible performance by Kate uh, Blanchett um, and mm. I think that Todd Field here has he hasn't made a movie in like 12 years and to come back and just be like this is a movie that I've been thinking about you know I talked to some people and I want to make this movie. And what I, again, one of my takeaways from this is I want to talk about like this type of imposter syndrome that has gotten people very far and 
perhaps when it when the wheels come off it becomes a little bit too much to bear because i love the third act of this movie about where it eventually goes but there's only like two minutes on screen of her at her house that she grew up in and you're just like did she actually even know Leonard Bernstein like did she actually even get notes from him or did she just watch all these videos because her brother seems like she he really hates her so uh, I love Tar for all the ways that it made me think and a way that it made me feel and Kate Blanchett and Kate I mean she's she's probably going to win best actress for sure but uh, I'd yeah. love to see more of a fight with her and Michelle Yeoh yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that fight's not going to happen, and I, I look forward to seeing the the bloodbath that ensues. But um, <laughs> no, Tar is it's a it's a terrific movie. Um, yeah. y- you mentioned um why you should see movies in theaters, and like obviously, I, I'd say see every movie in theater. But like the the um the notion of Tar being seen in a theater is uh, yes, it's incredibly just as important as seeing Avatar in a theater because of just the way it's assembled where. Mm-hmm the sound plays such a huge role in the movie as far as how it unfolds and expands over time. Like there's such a, a great use of, of the abilities of a filmmaker to make something like tar work as a cinematic experience and not just one that's, you know, casually watched on an iPad. Like it's, it's a movie that really rewards, you know, a big screen experience along with just being, you know, really great. (laughs) Like, and and very, uh, you know, very excited. I'd say it's more accessible than people might assume it is. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's the kind of thing where you 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 invest a bit in it because yes it's long but it it has so much great payoff uh let alone this great performance that's you know radiating throughout the film so mm-hmm. tar is quite good aaron your number three my number three film is steven spielberg's the fablemans i want you to make a camping trip movie uh, you can learn how the editing machine works while you do this it'll make your mom feel better yeah that last night when she Danced in the headlights? That'd be great. Get to it tomorrow, okay? Um, tomorrow's when we start shooting. <laughs> Escape to nowhere. We're shooting all weekend. Shooting Dad, this weekend. We've got like 40 guys coming to be in the movie. I'll, I'll work on all the camping trips up on Monday. I'm asking you to do this now for your mom. Yeah, She's... and I said that I will, just not tomorrow. Don't Please. be selfish. She just lost her mother. That's more important than your hobby. Dad, can you stop calling it a hobby? It'll cheer her up watching this. It's something we can her do. Her mom to just to... died. It's, it's, how is that going to cheer her up? Because you made it for her. Heard All of it. Right. Um, I, I guess since last year, West Side Story somehow eluded my top 10 because I had so many great films, I just needed to really overcompensate and push this one away up to number three. So, uh, this one, uh, the, the beard is knocking it out, guys. He is sure. making movies and they are great. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel like we had a really good episode about the Failmans. We talked about it in depth and I had a lot of things i enjoyed what i said about it as well as well as our guests at the time so it's like i don't need to expand too much more mm-hmm. on why it's so good but i just think spielberg and like his collaborators he has all his people that he generally works with you know from john williams to michael Kahn, his editor to uh john ush who's turning in work that i really appreciate these days like yeah. there, there's so much mm-hmm. like stuff who, who did he co-write this with or uh... Uh, tony kushner of course Tony, tony kushner, kushner. Yeah. yeah like so like all his best collaborators i think are here in fine yeah. form you have these great performances uh, from my noted enemy Paul Dano and Michelle Williams, um, <laughs> but you also have uh, like Gabrielle Labelle, like just like this breakout performance as young Spielberg, which has to yeah. be a daunting task to say the least, as far as being cast by the director to play the director. Um, it, yeah, there's so much good stuff here. I think it takes 
a really well thought out look at what this young man's life was and bases it in areas that surprised even me as far as the angle it went for like it'd be one thing to be like hey this is how he started making movies but this one's like yeah that like he he knows how to do this that's fine let's talk about like what's going on in his life when it comes to his parents or his high school age like that stuff that the way it digs into that and how it analyzes that from his point of view where he is struggling to reconcile what it is to have the eye for how to best capture this versus how he's supposed to emotionally handle it like that's Mm -hmm. fascinating to me like and it it, you know even removing the genre elements that comes with a lot of spielberg's movies the fact that he's just going right at the themes that he's been Mm -hmm. you know planting in his films for so many years and doing it so effectively this is just a, a wonderful drama that yeah i i know it's already gotten its share of praise but i look forward to when more come around to being like, you know what? That Spielberg guy, he really has something here. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, going places. It, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things was um, there was a tweet that somebody had written that said, uh, "I watched the Fablements and I at, immediately understood why he married Kate Capshaw after her performance in Indiana Jones and Apple of Doom, <laughs> where she's just like this woman, this blonde who just overacts and loves being uh, crazy loud and everything like." I get it now too. <laughs> yeah. All right. We haven't even we haven't even talked about uh, David Lynch's performance. Yeah, oh, David Lynch. Yeah. David Lynch. <laughs> David Lynch and Judd Hirsch battling it out for best cameo of the year. Like yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, but I, what an ending to that movie! Oh man, that yeah. is such a. Yeah. It, it may be one of the funniest endings I've seen to a film in a in a long time. I mean, yeah, it's just... and it, it's uh, again pay attention to the camera movement because Steven Spielberg is a jokester. Yeah. I mean, he's got a damn record scratch in that scene. Like, there's so much fun stuff in that sequence. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen his high school girlfriend? (laughs) Oh, boy. This is a fun, fun movie, as well as one that has a lot of, you know, solid, messy drama in it as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's like one of the, 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 my favorite things about it is looking back at that movie and then you look back at all of his other movies before he made up with his dad and you're just like, it, everything makes so much sense. Hi, this is Mark Hoban of FastFilmReviews.com, and I'm here to give my top 10 movies of 2022. At number 10, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Number 9, Avatar The Way of Water. Number 8, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Number 7, Triangle of Sadness. Number 6, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Number 5, The Fablemans. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, Tar. Number two, Nope. And at number one, Elvis. Thanks, guys. 2022 was a great year for movies, and here's to another great year in 2023. Hello, my name is Terrence Johnson from LenoirTour.net, and these are my top 10 films of 2022. Starting with number 10, we have The Outfit. Number nine, Mr. Malcolm's List. Number eight, Argentina 1985. Number seven, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Number six, Top Gun Maverick. Number five, The Bad Guys. Number four, The Northman. Number three, Happening. Number two, All Quiet on the Western Front. And my number one film of 2022 is RRR. All right. We've arrived at our number two films, our number okay. two films. So, Marcus, what is your number film, two film 
of 2022. So you thought you thought the last one was a downer. Oh boy. <clears throat> so <laughs> my number two film is Vortex. Oh, um, okay. So All right. <laughs> that's on Canopy, I believe, so, right now as well. By the way. Yeah, yeah. I it, uh, I saw a movie as well. Cool. There you go. Um, yeah. So it's basically a movie about the brutalities of getting old, told by Gaspar Noé. I guess I, I couldn't have a, a, a. It's a it's a movie about getting old. Um, it's a, a it's a movie about watching people deteriorate. Um, it's a unflitchy look at a decline of this elderly couple, one played by Dario Argento, and mm-hmm. one played by uh, Francois Lebrun. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, the woman suffers from dementia. Her husband um, has his own health problems, but acts as her, as her caregiver. It's filmed entirely in split screen, uh, meaning that there's two separate things going on on, on each screen, um, which sounds a little overwhelming. But about 20 minutes in, I, I really couldn't imagine that it had been it could have been filmed any other way. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the content, it's it's devastating. Um, there are sequences depicting dementia and what it looks like physically, but also uh, no way highlights uh, those kind of in between moments, those those next step conversations. Uh, the you know how do you have a conversation with um, with an elderly parent who's ill about seeking help or about any end of life, anything? Um, he get, Gaspar gives us these moments. And, you know, I, I, for a filmmaker who is very much a provocateur, he, this is probably his most compassionate film. Um, yeah. It's probably his most personal film. And it's, 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 it's undoubtedly, it's, it's probably his most hopeless film as well. Um, it's not one that I would watch again, hmm. but it's a masterpiece uh, uh, that I had to put on, on the top of my list. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Gaspar yeah. Noe was like I I I, I watched Haneke's Amore and said I have my yeah. version of this. Let me let's get let's yeah. Get it. Um, it would be a companion piece, yeah. And I and I was gonna say I because one I of those Alzheimer um, nights that find people a, have with their movies. Exactly. I I was gonna say I couldn't uh, put a Lars von Trier movie on here, so I had to put it. <laughs> He'll make his Alzheimer's <laughs> epic. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. This is an Alzheimer's epic, yeah. But I, I wanted to say, um, the two leads are fantastic in here, and I must, I, I always wonder, um, with two people who are really this old, uh, playing people who are essentially dying, what must that be like as an actor? Or you know, I know Dario's director. Yeah. Uh, what must that be like to play? these roles where you're falling down where stuff is happening that is like maybe also happening in real life who knows um so i i i think these two performances are 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 brilliant um as somebody who's dealt personally with with um uh people in my family with alzheimer's and and, and dementia um it's it's very 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 accurate very accurate so yeah I promise my number one won't be as. I'm forward to it, Margus. Yeah. Well, you're it's, like it's a snuff movie that I made. Hi, <laughs> Abe. I, I see the next two slots for you going one of two ways. So I'm curious, what is your number I, two? I film? love that you kind of know who I am. <laughs> so, uh, the next, the, my number two movie of top or of my number two movie of 2022 
is more uplifting than Marcus's number two movie. It is everything everywhere all at once. We tied again, right. number twos. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Uh, this is a movie that Aaron and I both saw. We both loved it. I, I would say that what I really dug about this is A, how weird it is. Uh, B, that it is a multiverse that is, it feels like they actually created this multiverse on the screen for viewers and audiences uh, versus maybe some of the other things that we've seen in other properties. But I think what I really dig about this is that it really gives a lot of these actors that we've seen on screen for decades a chance to shine. And we all know who Michelle Yeoh is. We, she's either a person that somebody would say, oh, it's it's that person, you know what I mean, from either a James Bond movie or these movies that she has these like limited slight roles in, but she's kind of effective. Or ones where she is like a co-star of these movies, thinking things about like Crouching Tiger and Dragon or even Crazy Rich Asians. But this movie is a movie that I think really lets her express that like I am an artist to many degrees. You know, I can do all these things that you're asking me to do. I can be this weird woman from New York that runs a washing uh, a laundry shop, or I could be in one of the other multi-universes. This incredible dramatic actress that looks great on the red carpet. Um, and again, this person is getting a ton of shine, but Kei Hee Kwan, who plays her husband in this movie, he's tremendous. Everybody in this movie is tremendous, but and mm-hmm. everyone gets a chance to shine. But Kei Hee Kwan, like just even his run right now for the award season, it's pretty great just for him to be able to come up there and say like, you know, whatever he's saying. But again, it gives him a chance to shine and gives him a chance to do what he needs to do. At the core of this all, I love that this movie is about A, family, but also B, it's kind of just more about being very comfortable with who you are. Um, Sure, there might have been some times where you wanted more and things like that, but you should also be aware of who you are in this moment right now and be either thankful or, or kind of just like really dig who you are. You know, there's, there's really no reason not to love the life that you're living right now. Obviously, there's, you know, terms and conditions to that. And maybe some people are having a hard time than others. And this is not to say that these things are not should not be denied. But yeah, I, I really think this movie has so much going for it on the weird scale. And Aaron and I just talked about White Noise like a, a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how weird that movie is. But, you know, this movie, I think it's a little bit less weird than that to some degree because it makes more coherent sense. But I really dug this movie a lot. The only thing I do know is that we have to be kind. Please, be kind. Especially when we don't know what's going on. Hey, Evelyn. Bagel. Yeah, it's also about kindness. Um, there you go. And that's a great feeling that permeates throughout this movie as far as what these characters, you know, so many things that can boil down to what the goal is, especially with Kehu Kwan's character. Like he's so wonderfully optimistic at all times, and mm-hmm. at least in one of his prime forms, since there's multiple versions of everybody. Yeah, like you've hit the nail on the head with so many things here as far as everything everywhere at once goes. Like it's a tremendous film as far as doing literally everything and putting that on the screen in a way that is discernible not messy um yet wildly entertaining and complicated in the best sorts of ways uh the daniels um have really impressed me here i i was not huge on swiss army man so them coming back mm-hmm. with like this movie which is even crazier than that <laughs> um and making it just work on a comedic level an action level and an emotional level like 
that's not an easy, simple task to pull off. And yet they've done so. And they've done so with great performances and, you know, a tremendous amount of like the, the music in this is so complicated when you like look at like all the people like, you have Randy Newman and Andre 3000 on the soundtrack. Like it's, there's so <laughs> much stuff in this movie. Um, it has some of the funniest scenes of the year. It has some of the best action of the year. Um, the fact that a movie can try to pay homage to Wong Kar Wai and be successful at doing that um, yeah. is not mm-hmm. something to, to snuff at. It's like, it's just, right. yeah, there is so much here um, that I am impressed by. Um, and it, you know, so many of the movies on this list have been devoted to the idea of what do I want from the cinema? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's nice to have comfort watches. I'm not against that whatsoever, but like movies like this and so many other ones on my list excite me in ways that I just either wasn't prepared for, or, you know, just put me in a position where I, I get to see something that just feels unlike other things. And that's what this movie is. Yeah. 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 100%. All right. I'm here now with my wonderful girlfriend, the lovely Anna Bosch from the Newport Beach Film Festival and the blog Right to Recite. And she's going to go through her top 10 films of 2022. All right. You ready? Yep. At number 10, Fire of Love. Nine, Devotion. Eight, Lucy and Desi. Seven, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Six, and Nola Holmes, too. Five, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Four, Jurassic World Dominion. Three, The Swimmers. Two, All Quiet on the Western Front. And my number one film of 2022 is Top Gun Maverick. That is a great example of a blockbuster experience of last year. Definitely had no doubt that after so many years that Top Gun would be received so well. And lastly, I think it's a solid film because of the plot they use with Val Kilmer's character, which adds to the structure and success of the storyline. Great. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Oh, we've arrived at our number one films of 2022. Marcus Robinson, what is at the top of your list? Um, if you, uh, Antichrist. Uh, it's a movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it's I actually believed you for a second. <laughs> you didn't see a Zack Snyder's Antichrist, the new re-release. Yeah, the, the cut. Yeah, Lars von Trier cut. Uh, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's actually a uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Get out of my dorm. Get out. Hey, I'm warning you. Do not. Take another step toward me. See how they teach the children to treat their guests. Mm. You brought a spear in here. You brought a spear in here. I like her. Hey, 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 hey. Put it down, put it. You hurt yourself. Come on. It's all right, princess. Small, small girl. I am going to give you two options. You can come to Wakanda. Conscious or unconscious? You need to be conscious of the way that you look. Walking around here with that ash on your head. <laughs> oh, it's funny. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I told you. You look good. Wow. Great. Okay. Um, Great. It's a movie that I absolutely adored. Obviously, it's my number one. And I believe it, this is my favorite MCU film, but it, I, I, I... I think what Ryan Coogler does is he takes this 
these these MCU films and he makes them so much more. Um, this was equal parts in memoriam to Chadwick Boseman and an attack on white supremacy and black female empowerment. And I, I just, I, I really, really, really loved this one, this sequel specifically. Um, it spoke to my, I'm half black and half Mexican. So I do uh, have a soft spot for, for this uh, movie. It, 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 it shows the representation of Mesoamerican people uh, as much as it shows representation of African people. Um, but it's really a story about uh, colonization, about uh, shared historical traumas of two mm -hmm. nations that are worlds apart. Um, and I think doing all of that in a Marvel movie is just that it, it's, it's Ryan Coogler just having total control and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy, get on my back. I'm going to take you there. And he does. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's wonderful to see uh, uh, characters, uh, 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 black and brown characters that are so grounded in realism in, in this superhero movie, having real conversations about the black and brown experience. And, 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 and it's in a movie that is accessible as a Marvel movie. So I just thought, I just, I just think it's, 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 it was a brilliant, brilliant movie. Yeah, you you were on the episode when we reviewed this, and I think that you and I yeah. really touched upon that colonization aspect, but also pitting two people of color against each other. Like, and that was incredible mm. to see on the screen, and kind of just the way that it, it was told by Ryan Coogler. I'd also like to add that the costume design in this movie is incredible. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. He he's hitting he's hitting all cylinders. The 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 CGI looks better. Everything is is is. I, I, I don't I tend not to pin pit the 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 uh Black Panther and, and, and Wakanda Forever against each other, but I think they both can survive outside of this the MCU realm better than any of the other movies, or at least they try to. At least Kugler goes, okay, I I am gonna try to do something that you're not gonna see in any of these other MCU movies. I have I, I have to be in them, but I'm going to, I'm going to take you out and we're going to take you to my world and you're going to be a part of my world for two and a half hours. So I, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I largely agree with you as far as how they operate. Like next it's, it's that and guardians, honestly, those are the only ones that just feel like they can exist entirely mm -hmm. on their own world. Guardians, especially because it does. Um, they just, they're just not on, they're not on the planet, but they're somewhere else. Um, right. But yeah, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I I was a huge fan of as well. I think it. I I don't know what to like. I'd still like prefer the first, maybe I guess. But like, I do mm -hmm, think this sure. one does mm -hmm. things that outshine the first in some ways. Um, yeah. I just I'm a big fan of Coogler finding mm -hmm. his way to do things in within the realms of a genre franchise series. Like the fact that he can yeah. insert his own personality, his own messaging. Uh, the fact that he seems to be devoted to developing the best villains in this universe, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of what he's continuing to bring to the um, the MCU. Yeah, 100%. All right. Bum, 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 <laughs> ba -na 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 -dum -dum. Hey, what is your <laughs> number one? I already film? guessed it. I My number it. one film of 2022 is Lyle Lyle Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, I knew it. It is Top Gun Maverick. The Navy. 
needs Maverick. The kid needs Maverick. That's why I fought for you. That's why you're still here. Thank you, Ice. For everything. One last thing. Who's the better pilot? You or me? This is a nice moment. Let's not ruin it. I saw this movie three times in theaters, one of them in oh. regular because I was just like, I don't want to go to a packed theater. The next time in IMAX and then the next time in Dolby because I wanted to hear what the sound was like. Wow. This is a movie that really fired on a lot of cylinders that I have not used in theaters in a long time. One of them in being just being able to relax, not even relax, I'd say one of them being able to sit down, watch this movie and be taken on a journey, a ride of, of sorts. And just watching this movie, going through all these ridiculous things that Maverick slash Tom Cruise would actually do from this 1980s persona in 2022. Going on that ride and just being taken for thrill after thrill after thrill. Not only that, but then reading all these articles about how Joseph Kaczynski put like 16 cameras at a time in a jet. And these actors were self-directing because he couldn't give them any notes until they landed and then watched the film or the, the footage back. And basically just the incredible like will that Tom Cruise had to say, I am not having this movie released on streaming. It has to be a theater experience. And you know what? It stayed in the box office for like six months. It was mm -hmm. an incredible watch to see this movie. Um, and you know, is it one of the best movies of all time? Probably not. It's great. But, you know, like when you think more about it, it, it becomes very interesting. I think one of the best thing pieces that I saw after this movie was released is that, is this just a Maverick death dream? Which is very fascinating to read and then watch play and play back all these scenes in a movie. And you're like, it's very possible. But I love this movie for just how you experienced it. And I have heard many people that, that said, I wish I'd caught this in IMAX for sure. So, Aaron, what is your number one? I'm, I'm... Oh, oh, hold on. Who's this? Stop ah. talking about Top Gun. Jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it rocks. Ah. It's it's a great... Hit me with it. Sorry. A... Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's Sorry a... to step on everyone's toes. It's a fantastic movie. I mean, it, yeah. it's Tom Cruise at his Tom Cruisiest, uh, doing all the things that we like him for and then some. Yeah. Like, you know, Top Gun is a movie where I think it's entirely fine, the free original Top Gun. So, like, uh -huh. The prospect of him making another one, like, I believed in it because it's Tom Cruise, but, like, the fact that it's just, like, this fucking cool, <laughs> like, just watch it. <laughs> it's so exciting and so, like, you know, I, I, you know, we like seeing McQuarrie and Cruise together, and he obviously mm -hmm. had a screenwriting credit on here, but, you know, um, between Oblivion and now this, like, I, I, you know, if Cruise wants to keep working with Kaczynski, like, that's certainly paying off as well. Like, this sure. is just... Mm -hmm tremendous spectacle it's 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 a perfect summer blockbuster like, as far mm -hmm. as that goes and everyone's in fine form here so yeah it's yeah. Uh... i i also think that it's one of the most important movies of the year just because i think there was a lot still a lot of apprehension about going to the theaters what's worth going to the theaters for you know this was <clears throat> summer uh blockbuster time and this was a reason to show up. This was like 
a legitimate like we're gonna give you like on all story technical all of it we're gonna give you a reason to show up and we're gonna make it worth it uh worth your money worth your dollar the movie experience you know summer movie yeah. experience and yeah i think that's super important well, great, guys. I'm, well, that's the end of the show. Uh, number one, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> now, Aaron, yes. what, what is your number one movie of 2022? Uh, but I, so I've seen this three times now. It, the, the movie's three hours long. And, you know, <laughs> like we've had a lot of long movies this year, but like there was none better uh, than RRR. Like it's just. Uh yeah. It's it's, right. it's it's like if you just brought up the notion of like is Top Gun one of the greatest films of all time? It's like no, maybe not, but it's still what like I would argue RR might be one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> yes. yeah, true, 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 true. Like, it's, it's so you know I I I saw this initially in March when it just came out because it was in a one of the best theaters at my theater. It had a huge tomato score. It was, it's and like, I don't see a lot of Indian films. I'm like, let me see one of these. Let's see what this is like. And I was just unprepared for like how amazing this was all going to be. Like mm -hmm. it is everything. It has action, drama, songs, dance, musical numbers, uh, romance, like, you know, uh, friendship, a huge, friendship. huge, huge yeah. thoughts on friendship, societal themes, social commentary, yep. It has an intermission because oh my god, you need to take a break for a second because it's going crazy. <laughs> it has animals. It has like it has, it has special mm -hmm. effects. No. It has everything. It's everything rolled into this wonderful, wonderful film uh, that does speak to the power of friendship and has good like messaging going on alongside of having some of like the best action and most exciting, thrilling action you'll see in a movie mm -hmm. uh, captured in this glorious way where. You know, it being a Indian to legal language felt like it, it doesn't operate on Hollywood's terms, so it can be its own thing and feel entirely like a director that's doing what they want to do the way they see it, the way that makes the most sense, regardless of if that defies logic, you know, in the sense of physics. Like this movie's like, as long as we obey our own rules, we're fine. And it does so, sure. creating so many memorable moments throughout a three hour movie that does not feel like three hours. The movie flies by. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it, it RRR is a terrific, terrific film. Uh, I've said I've seen it three times. I saw it first time I saw it again with my dad, who also loved it and has gone on to tell many, many people about it because he wants people to see it as well. And then I saw it at the Hollywood Theater this past week, uh, the Chinese, um, in this insane crowded showing where people were dancing during sequences in the theater. Awesome. Like, it was yeah. just packed and wild with emotions the running filmmakers through. are there too right the filmmakers the actors the actors who are like superstars like outside yeah. of a you know, get out of hollywood you look at these guys exactly people were showing up in the pouring rain just to see these guys get there they weren't even seeing the movie they just wanted to see the actors yeah. like these guys are huge mm -hmm. and the fact that we got like one of india's biggest action directors and two of the biggest indian movie stars in the world like coming all into one movie oh boy uh, and like I'm excited that I'm just like presumably just tipping the iceberg when it comes to Telugu action cinema because there's so many other movies that I can't wait to see now. But like watching this one, my goodness, what a tremendous, tremendous movie um, that I, I really hope gets like, like a fancy 4K release so I can watch it at home in the right language. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, uh, this RRR is just totally the, like the, the greatest thing. <laughs> it's, it's my number one yeah. film. Um, it's incredible. In, in a year where I've had so many options, 
this this movie uh, goes. I saw this in the same week as Everything Everywhere at All Once, and it was like movies are the best. Like, so you spent great. a week in the theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seeing two long yeah. movies for sure. There was exactly. A lot of yeah. Um, but yeah, RR. Aaron, I love your list because you're just like, here's all these short movies, and then here's this three hour movie as my number one movie. <laughs> I got two three hour movies on this list. I uh, I balance it out. I think they, you know, yeah. If I add all these together, <laughs> it's really it's really kind of you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, like, hey, who Kwan says, choose kindness. Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Natu? What is Natu? Polam gattu dummulo na potla gitta dhuki nattu pole ramma jataralo pota rajugi nattu Kiru seppule sukoni karra samuzesi nattu marri sattu nilolo na kurra gumpu kodi nattu Yerra jonna rottelo na mirapadukku garbi nattu Na pata zudu, na pata zudu, na pata zudu na uh, there, we've done it. We've gone through our top 10 lists of 2022. Did it. Congrats, guys. And happy Great to list, hear everybody. From, happy to hear from all of our guests as well. Who have also Indeed, yeah. Thank you for submitting those in. I'm sure there's, we had so many, so there's probably more to come still in this, uh, once I edit this all together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've done it. So, all of that out of the way. And yes, it was really cool to hear your guys' list. I was very excited. I didn't know them in advance, as uh, I believe none of us knew each other's none list. None of us advance, did, yeah. So uh, nope. Always great to. Yeah, Nope was on my list. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have any runner ups that you guys want to briefly mention before yeah, let's we get go over some, uh, Let's go over some honorable mentions and some okay. and stuff here. Marcus, Marcus? Any, uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a, I have, I have a, a couple of them, actually. Um, uh, Mad God. Yeah. Um. All Quiet on the Western Front, which I think was uh, one of the best-looking films uh, mm-hmm. outside of Decision to Leave. Um, Top Gun Maverick, Turning Red, Batman, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, RRR. Uh, good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Tar, uh, Fire Island, and The Fablelands. And uh, I wanted to shout out two films that <clears throat> uh, uh, All My Friends Hate Me and Speak No Evil. Yes. Uh, two movies that uh, I, I just watched. I was Speaking really that, uh, okay. That is a, that is a movie. I've heard I was, great things. <laughs> I didn't like it the first time I saw it, and then I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I rewatched it, and I I was like, this is. It was just frustrating to watch, and I think mm-hmm. that's the point. It 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 takes a good filmmaker to make something that is going to be like, okay, we're going to frustrate our audience today, and. Uh, via horror so yeah and 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 on all my friends hate me is is like my worst uh nightmare going into a situation where somebody's throwing a party for you and then you get there and everybody's kind of acting like a jerk and they hate you and you're kind of wondering if they really hate you or is it in your head and it's it's very well written it rides that line for about an hour and a half it rides the line up until the very end and it's it's a very interesting comedy Oh, it's on I Canopy oh. and Hulu. Look at this. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, okay. yeah. Added right? to list. Yeah, I thought you're. I'm glad this is a movie you're talking about, not just a statement you're saying. <laughs> no, I. You know, I come into this, uh, this, this podcast every time thinking the same thing. But yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, Abe. Do you have any honorable mentions or special? Notes I do. In quick? in no in no real uh, sorted list. I'll just read it off here. The bad guys. Uh, After Sun. Barbarian. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Cyrano. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Armageddon Time. Bones and All. Glass Onion. Uh, Hustle. Fablemans. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, the Woman King. And uh, Weird. The Al Yankovic story. 
uh, and women talking. And this is not technically a movie. It was a special, but Ralph Daniel from uh, on sure. HBO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. How about you, Aaron? Um, so my whole list can be found at LeeLeeEntertainment.com. I have my top 10 list there, which I always take pride in doing because I put a lot of work into it. But my 20 through 11, which we count as my honorable mentions, are uh, Marcel, The Shells of Shoes On, uh, Mad God, Mr. Malcolm's List, Saloom, Top Gun Maverick, Return to Seal, uh, The Northman, Catch the Fair One, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and The Eternal Daughter. Um, oh, great. Yeah, yeah. As far as a few special like notes, I wanted to, I wanted to make just like Marcus here. Um, there's a movie called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes that is uh, fantastic, and it it's like a 2020 movie, but it just got U.S. distribution this year. It's on Prime right now. It's 70 minutes and delightful. It's a Japanese film, and I just want to shout out as much as I can without saying anything about it. Beyond there's some sci-fi, I guess, in it. Just Whoa! Like that. That's all I need. To, oh, wow. I don't want to give away anything about it. Beyond the it's just <clears throat> it's barely over an hour, and it's very uplifting so there's no reason yeah. not to watch it but <laughs> beyond the end i like the theme of uplifting yeah um i also want i you know what a movie i want to shout out uh-huh ambulance a movie i, um, I oh I like yes more, i like I more and more every time i watch it yeah. <laughs> um, i think it's a really solid michael bay movie uh yeah. one that would have easily been like a regular staple on tnt for me to be like oh that's ambulance is on let me watch it sure um, it, it's just like I've already liked it what I want, but it's just, it's just grown on me more and more, and I'm really just enjoying the fact that it exists because it feels like Bay doing something. You know, he's doing something that feels entirely like his and doesn't feel dedicated sure. to anything else but what he wants to put on screen there, while also yeah. serving as like a, a a pretty solid like dedication movie to uh, emergency workers. So it's like good, good for you. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That was good. Yeah. Also, confess, Fletch that um. I, I, it's Hambo? so delightful yeah with john Hambo. <laughs> like that movie is so much better than its terrible trailer and dump on the pair or on the showtime and whatever um right it was like it, it deserves an audience so I, i'd like to see more of john Hambo and his fletch so please <laughs> see it more and more so it gets yeah, he's got time yeah exactly Can i shout out two more movies sure please okay um <clears throat> two movies that i just saw i recently saw but they were from last year uh descendants on netflix mm-hmm. two documentaries yeah and wildcat on is it on uh amazon Prime, i think amazon yeah. Like, yeah it might be on amazon Prime. two movies that i kind of didn't know i thought they were gonna you know descendants i thought was just gonna be some kind of whatever about you know uh um, genealogy but it turned out to be some really interesting documentary and it had uh, uh, uh about um uh, discovering the last uh, the last found uh, slave ship, and yes. the thoughts of the people in the area were not all the same. Were not they? You know, some of them were. You know, it, it really it really speaks to a good direct good uh, uh, um, Film documentary movie. filmmakers um, talking to everybody in 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 the community. Um, also, Wildcat is a movie that I didn't know really anything about um but it really speaks to um mental health and uh animals and um yeah it, it's very very effective uh so yeah that one's a hard, that one's a hard hard uh watch i'll just note that okay. descendant is my pick for best documentary of the year i uh I it's, it's great i've caught up with all the ones that matter 
Uh, that's how it works. Uh, the ones you didn't, that didn't watch see, mine. The ones that I didn't see don't matter. Um, oh, all right, thanks. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I, I've seen a lot. I, I caught up with a lot of docs in the past like month and yeah. a half, and um, I'm very happy with having done that because there's a lot of great docs out there. But yeah, Descended was the one that I certainly responded to the most. So great. Yeah, it's great. Hello, this is David Bax of Battleship Pretension. And my top 10 of 2022 is a secret only to be revealed on my own podcast. What I thought I'd do instead is very quickly count down 10 movies that I saw in 2022 that don't yet have U.S. release dates or in one case, at least don't have a release date for a few months. So real quick, here we go. Uh, the Grab is documentarian Gabriella Cowperthwaite's uh, nonfiction follow-up to Blackfish. Uh, Sisu, S-I-S-U, is a Finnish World War II action movie. Uh, Chevalier, this one is coming out, coming out April, I think, from Searchlight. Uh, next up, Mary Heron of American Psycho, and Charlie Says, uh, made a movie called Dolly Land. Human Flowers of Flesh is a movie that makes about as much sense as its title, but don't worry about it. Piaf, that's spelled P-I-A-F-F-E, is a movie about a young woman who starts to grow a horsetail. Godland is director Kleiner Palmason's great sort of massive uh, epics uh, scope follow-up to A White White Day. Dry Ground Burning is, again, massive. Another documentary, De Humani Corporis Fabrica, uh, was shot inside hospitals in Paris and often inside the patients in the hospitals in Paris and such. And finally, Christian Manju's uh, RMN, uh, one of the best films I saw at TIFF this year. So that's my list. Thank you to Aaron and Abe for letting me do it. Uh, I went on too long. All right, bye. Okay, let's uh, do a little bit more feedback here. Feedback, 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 feedback. Uh, we got a couple more questions to go over real quick. First up is, uh, what was the most surprising 2022 film for you? Uh, Chris has Mad God. Tyler has Prey. And Philip has RRR, mm. which came out of nowhere and was a pretty amazing spectacle. There you go. The, the next one here is, uh, what 2022 film do you think deserves more praise? Luke Boy Thompson, friend of the show, has Intergalactic. Yeah. Scott writes The Outfit. Mm. Tyler writes Do oh. Revenge. Chris has Petite Maman. So I guess Chris all is forgiven. I'll give you a Christmas card this year. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Grout, friend of the show, has Puss in Boots because it's the best movie ever. And Philip Hurd writes, Enola Holmes 2 was a fun sequel that improved upon the first film. I'm hopeful that they'll get more in a series. Boots got a lot of praise. Yeah, yeah. For the animation style. And I think Aaron said that the story is actually pretty good. It's a solid. Yeah. It's solid. It's solid. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a very strong animated movie in a year of a lot of strong animated films. That's true. Yeah. A lot of them on my list. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. We uh, let's, let's talk about our surprises um, that yeah. we had this year. Uh, Marcus, were they, were they surprises that you had? You know, I I, I would put, I, somebody said Mad God. I would put Mad God on that list because um, it was something that, I didn't know much about going in um, and I was kind of like unblinking and not knowing what I, I had mentioned this on the last on a podcast that I've been on of uh, in, in the fall, but I was like, I, I didn't know what I was seeing. And then it just became more relentless. And I think I like it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, 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 that one. Um, I was I was betting it was going to be in your top ten, so I was surprised it wasn't. That it, wasn't. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that it wasn't you too. Um, also, um, 
uh, Fire Island was a big surprise for me. And uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand and Prey. Those were movies that I saw back to back to back on Hulu, all on Hulu. And those were surprises that I didn't, I wasn't really thinking they were going to be, uh, that I was going to like them as much as I did, but they all kind of ended up on my top 20. So right, there you go. Yeah. 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 Also, I was surprised at how much um, I liked the the, the final uh, Halloween movie. And Halloween ends. It, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The, the best of those three, I would argue. I would Arguable. say till two. I would say that too. I think there's a lot of ideas in it. Yeah. All right, Amy, you going to be uh, surprised? Yeah, I took this in the direction, in the opposite direction. Uh, one of them being Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, big surprise just because, like, this is a this is an awful movie. Uh, especially okay. given that people were like, oh, yeah, you know, criti- critically, I guess uh, there was some buzz around it in some early festivals. And I was like, this is, I don't even know what they were trying to do here. I mean, I knew what they were trying to do here, but this is just execution-wise, it's just very poor. We do have disappointments also. Oh, we do, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but these aren't really disappointments per se. It's just more surprisingly how bad it was. Okay. Uh, the other one was Morbius. Just this is also a very bad movie. <laughs> that surprised you? Uh, I shouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> I think that I was surprised by just how bad it was. Because like, this is probably that's fair. Be good. Yeah. But I was like, oh, these okay. trailers actually look kind of interesting, especially the second trailer that they pushed out, where you actually see more of an action sequence. And I was like, you mean morbid action sequences? I'm sorry. You mean Morbin action sequences? <laughs> Morbin, yeah, Morbin action sequences. Um, and then the thing that did surprise me on uh, a good way was the Scream movie, Scream 5, which is just called Scream. Oh, but yeah. I, I dug the way that they talked about why it's just called Scream, and I dug the way that they executed on it, but there were actual stakes with people that you have known from the series. So, yeah, there you go. How about you, Aaron? Um, the obvious one is RRR just because I didn't know what to expect and it's like sure. oh my god this is the best thing ever Um, and I already mentioned Confess Fletch just because that had a really terrible trailer and it's like this is actually really fun Um, The Eternal Daughter Um, I like the souvenir films from Joanna Hogg and uh, Tilda mm-hmm. Swinton and this one being kind of like unofficial third entry to a extent like I was you know prepared to like enjoy it but it's like oh this like really got to me just in terms of being a story about a a mother and their child and what's going mm-hmm. on um mr malcolm's list um that's Mm -hmm. one where (laughs) the kind of costume period drama is not like my it's it's not a genre i dislike but it's not one where i reach to as far as like i hope it's the best thing um so the fact that it you know really worked for me as being a movie based on a book that's inspired by austin but not actually doing jane austen and the fact that it makes it work as well as it does i was very impressed by um the sea beast uh yeah you're not going to surprise me by saying Netflix certainly has a lot of duds on their hands when it comes to original films. So the fact that The Sea Beast is one of the best animated movies of the year, uh, let alone a great kaiju movie, um, yeah, it's great. I was very happy that Netflix delivered something wonderful. And they did that a couple times this year between that, Wendell and Wild, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Right. Um, Troll, speaking of kaiju movies, I had no reason yep. to believe that Troll would be as good as it was, but hey, Troll rocks. Um Let's see. And uh, Ron Howard quietly delivered one of his best films of 13 lives this year. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 100 percent. Yeah, it's the, the like not only is it like just a sturdy drama that happens to have Viggo Mortensen, Colin Farrell and Joel Edgerton. It's like really well done in the same way that other like understated yet really well accomplished Ron Howard films are uh, good. I, I I'm sorry that this was dumped onto prime in the middle of summer because it's a really strong uh, movie uh, that deserved more attention. 
And I was happy that Christmas Story Christmas just wasn't terrible. <laughs> like I, I'm a this big, is a great point. I'm a big a fan point. of Christmas Story, and you know the notion of being like Peter Billingsley's back and he's Ralphie as a grown up. I'm like, what's yeah. this gonna be? Yeah, like, and it's and it's like, oh, this is actually pretty good. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with all that. That's, that's great a, point. That surprised me. So. Well, on the other side of things, what were some disappointments everybody had? Were they any things that that uh? You were hoping for the best, or what have you, and it's like, oh, this is not not a not not, not great after all. Marcus, any uh, disappointments on your hand? Uh, okay, so I could say Texas Chainsaw, which is I know is a is a favorite of Aaron's, um, but what is it though? <laughs> <laughs> you were the only one that commented and said it's not that bad, and I said it's horrible. It's, 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 it's that it's that great praise that I but, give to movies sometimes. It's not, that but bad. it's not that bad. It's a, yeah, it's a movie. Um, no, but I, I could say that. But I, my hopes were not high going into that movie. So sure, whatever. There was another movie that I had heard about called um, "We're All Going to the World's Fair." Oh, that I yeah, thought was yeah. um, I thought was completely boring. It it uh, it, it, it 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 it's about um, online role play. Yeah. Uh, it was just uh, stuff a lot of people do now, but it's. Told... Are you talking about "Don't Worry, Darling" instead? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. But it's it's told in the most boring way imaginable, and I, I just whatever. But no, my no, expectations I, weren't high on that one. I agree with you. Either, like that so. one, I heard a lot of good things about it. It's like I get yeah. what we're doing here, but it's not a uh, not really winning me over too much. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and 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 I mean, I could say nope, too, but it's nope is not a bad movie. As 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 Aaron will tell you, um, over and over again. Just me. But I yeah, just you, just just Aaron. Um, Only but him. For me, for me, for me, uh, it it's turning into one of those movies where it's it's more fun to talk about than it was to watch. Sure. And so whatever, that's like, whatever. Um, I guess my most disappointing movie would be EO. <sighs> I, I, I didn't I, a, a movie man, about a as donkey, I love of animal movies I'm surprised by it. This is what I'm saying. I went I went with bells on, on Thursday during rain. During, it was raining on a Thursday to Berkeley, <laughs> and I oh, already a bad side. You had to go to Berkeley to watch it. I, I had to go to Berkeley to watch it. <laughs> should have called and, me up. And I, I know I should have. And I went to this theater. It was packed. And I just people screaming EO at the top of their lungs, waiting to see. They it. were laughing. Nothing was happening. And you know, to, so I had a couple of problems with this movie, but one was there is a way to. There's movie. You know, obviously animals don't have the same expressions as people. So if you flip to an animal and there's monkeys? a comic sequence happening. Yeah, okay well <laughs> donkeys and whatnot but i've seen babe and it works and i've seen other you know even homeward bound or whatever these they, they work these, these emotionless animals sure. have emotions all of a sudden on 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 screen this one is when i when they turn the camera to donkey and i like donkeys donkey. it just i didn't <laughs> care i didn't care about it at all like and i feel like that's on the director that's on the editor it's not a long movie i think it's only an hour and a half if that um and i was just bored the entire way through i i, I don't know i don't know if i was supposed to be enamored with the side 
head because he he the donkey goes through uh and travels along uh, uh europe and goes into these people's lives and i didn't really care about any of those people uh i just wanted it to end and um yeah i i, I for a movie with an animal and and it's an adorable donkey but it just it's no genuine donkey end, but it's still a pretty good donkey it's a it's a cool donkey i get you know like but just give me something and it was why it's so disappointing is prior to this i had it had been on so many people's top 10 lists um it had been number one on a couple of people's lists and i was like oh here's a chance for me to see it before the end of the year and i was just like what is this what what am i watching so yeah yeah it was it was it was it, it it was the 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 atmosphere that I was in. It was me traveling. It was all of that too. So it's not just the the, the donkey's fault. But maybe man. Aaron's right about Berkeley. Maybe maybe there's something <laughs> wrong. Yeah, the something's in the air in Berkeley. Yeah. It's funny because uh, you you talk about like the, the kind of like your environment or what like just you know like the right. what's going around it. And on the one right. hand, like Bardo. I guess I'd call it disappointment just because I generally like Inuritu and that film didn't do much for me, but that was a film mm-hmm. where it's very long and mm-hmm. I was in a very right. small, I was in a small screening room and I was very hot and I couldn't like escape that for a long time. Like I had a jacket right. on and I had a sweater underneath and that the sweater, you know, that wasn't going to do, that was hot. That was uncomfortable. Yeah. At the same yeah. time, I had the exact same experience for everything everywhere all at once. And it's my second favorite movie of the year. Like, I think it's fantastic. So it's like, I don't, you know, <laughs> it's weird how that can, so sometimes yeah. sweaters work, sometimes they don't. That's 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 my yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you have any uh, uh, disappointments on your hand? Yeah, a, a few disappointments here. One of them being Lightyear. Uh, I think that I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I, I was expecting maybe but not that better. <laughs> yeah, the uh, <laughs> given like you know how much backstory we have with the Toy Story franchise, but just also from Pixar, it was very strange for for them to have the, a whiff. Um, the other one was uh, Pinocchio. Robert Zemeckis is Pinocchio a because Robert Zemeckis is like this guy who likes to use technology and, and play with the genre I think we talked about it. it's like it felt like it's incomplete movie by the time we got to the, the last scene and a step backwards um, for him as far as technology goes right I, well yeah. even then it's like I don't know what you did differently that you didn't do in some other things that were more compelling um, another disappointment was Jurassic World Domination Dominion you Dominion, thank you. When you have the three folks and you're like, oh, it's going to bring it all together. It's like, but you do nothing with it and it actually becomes more convoluted than maybe what I thought was going to have happened. Not a great sign. And then lastly, it was Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore, mostly just because I think that you guys started out strong with the first movie. It kind of went awry in the second movie. And now I'm just like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm glad that it probably closed out in a way that could be considered closed out. But, you know, let me give you an example of Dumbledore here. There's two fawns, magical fawns. One of them is dead. It arises. The reason why he needs it to arise is because it's a political campaign that he's running two days before the election. He's like, I'm going to win. That's the movie. This is what a weird fucking movie. So uh, talk about disappointments. This is the last one? This is the most recent were... It's the most recent one. They have five planned. We haven't heard any new, but I mean, it's still I, early. Okay. Doubt, I'm doubtful it's going it to happen. It didn't do well at the box office, so we'll see. Right. We'll, yeah, see yeah, what, yeah. we'll see what happens. <clears throat> right. Hmm. Um, what about you, Aaron? Any disappointments you want to highlight? You, you know, it's weird. Like, I was trying to think of these categories. It's so rare that I get, like, surprised or disappointed. Sure. But, like, you know, trying to find disappointments. Like, there's a few, I guess, that, like, didn't live up to, like, expectations, where one is, like, 
and I mostly like these movies with some exceptions. Like the Batman is a movie I like quite a bit, but I still uh-huh. felt like Matt Reeves making a Batman movie that feels like that could have been top ten material, and it wasn't. Interesting. Like I, I certainly appreciated it. There's lots of things that I think are great in it, but as a whole. It's it's the three hour movie that wasn't in my top ten list this year. Sure, so, yeah. Um, uh, the same goes for Babylon. Um, we're big, I think, big Damien Chazelle fans on this podcast, but this one just yeah. didn't do much for me uh, compared to his other movies. The last hour was good. I I like yeah. the first hour, so I mean that. I was like, really? Yeah, like, <laughs> no, I mean, when Toby when Toby McGuire came on screen, I was oh, sure. for one thing, I that's, was. I mean, that's that's 10 minutes of a three-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the last No, hour. that's what I'm saying. That's a basically, <laughs> Got it. I thought yeah. it was like a 10-hour the, movie. Then we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah I, uh, no, that, yeah. if that scene isolated in itself, great. Like, give me the yeah. Damien Chazelle horror movie about going to hell. Like, I'm all about that. But, like, yeah. the whole of this movie's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted more from the documentary Sydney. Um, I think Sydney. Yes. Yeah, we talked about it with a friend of the show. Terrence. Yeah, we talked about Terrence. I, I think he's a fascinating actor um, who has a story that I'd really like to hear more of as far as his role in the world when he was at his peak and right. i just don't think it really delved as deep as it could so that was disappointing um i like darren aronofsky a lot but i can't i think the whale is his worst movie so um, yeah I, okay yeah probably. I, yeah. I all all props to brendan fraser i think he certainly deserves the acclaim he's getting but the movie itself was just like huh uh, yeah i still think it's weird that like what he wants to have read back to him as you know certain <laughs> things happen to him is a is an essay written by a fourth grader uh, and he's like, "This is the best essay I've ever read in my life." It's like, "That's okay." It's just so pure. It's true, I guess. <laughs> he had a take. He likes a good take. He likes a hot take. That's that's, that's right. That's true. He'd probably be great on hot ones. Ah. <laughs> I mean, either we, he wouldn't wow. care about the spices. <laughs> uh, the last one is Empire of Light. Uh, okay. Sam Sam Mendes is a filmmaker. I think is quite good and knows what he's doing. Except here, where it's a giant misfire and easily his worst film and bad. Yeah. Um, this is a movie that uh, should not be what it is, and yet it is. It is a movie that has Atticus Ross and Dred Reznor and Roger Deakins all being like, "I guess we showed up." Um, <laughs> it's a movie where I really hope it's not one of those default nominations for Olivia Coleman just because we like her. Um, right, right, right. Like really, this like there's other there's so many other movies that are out that have great performances, cinematography, scores. We do not need to reward Sam Mendes just because he's part of the club. Uh, Got it. It's a bad movie. It's bad. <laughs> and, it, and yeah, disappointing because Sam Mendes, I I like him. <laughs> yeah. And all those names that you mentioned about you know the the other cast and crew. Yeah, all pretty, good names. <laughs> all, yeah, pretty incredible names. Yeah. So and this just is just a giant a, that it's a giant misfire on his part. So. Yeah. He he! Don't write another film by yourself. Is what I'm saying. Sam and this writer. All right, we've gone through some surprises. We've gone through some disappointments. Now that's it. We've wrapped up 2020. I don't care what the Oscars say. 2022 is over, guys. It's over. It is Gonzo. Yeah. And now it is time for 2023. And that means we have more to our way. And now, Marcus, I already know that you want to see Megan the most of everything out of everything going out. So you're done. <laughs> but I still want to hear. <laughs> what anticipated films do you let me just say off the bat, this this year has Scorsese, Michael Mann, Ridley Scott, David Fincher, Francis Ford Coppola, Bradley Cooper, Yorgos Lansimos, one of your guys, Robert Rodriguez, Wes Anderson, James Wan, James Mangold, and Denny Villeneuve, all releasing new films. That's just some. There's still more. What a list. There's a lot of people delivering films this year. Yeah. Marcus, offhand, do you have any uh, anticipated films you're looking forward to? None of those people made my list. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. So, so um, I have four actually. Um, 
that um, that just popped up. So Creed Creed three, sure. Uh, Michael Creed. B. Jordan with, with no Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. which should be interesting. Uh, Bo is afraid. Uh, Ari Aster, because yeah. I think Ari Aster is the bee's knees. You know, you know I me. Mean? <laughs> I hope there's um, bees in this movie. I hope so. Um, and uh, let's see, Mission Impossible, Dead mm-hmm. Reckoning Part One. All of those things. Because this is supposed to be the his last two movies or something, right? We'll see. Um, we'll see. And Barbie, but yeah, j- just because I believe there there couldn't be a bigger distance between. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach fans <laughs> and Barbie fans. So I'm just waiting for this to be like Barbie white noise or something. <laughs> and I'm noise. there for it. I'm there for You'd it. You'd be surprised I'm at the Francis Ha Barbie crossover appeal. The, what is this? What could this possibly be? Yes, I'm yes. just, I, I'm here for it. It's, you know, it's not going to be some conventional Barbie film and everybody's going to go into that theater thinking it's going to be some Hasbro, you know, you know, high, high, highlighter dream, and it's gonna be like freaking Squid in the Whale or something. Yes. And I'm here for it. I want to see that. Yes, so exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly anyway. Marcus. <laughs> That's how Aaron and I basically feel about it. We're like, what is Bomba gonna add to this? So it's gonna be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah so those are the four. What well, about you? Uh. I'm going to be naming blockbusters, but not because I want to be, mostly just because of uh, how good they are. Well, I'm going to name Hollywood videos, so there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the documentary I made, I didn't make a documentary. You, you, uh, made, a, you made a sitcom one, starring the other cast members of Fresh Off the Boat. That's right. Yeah. It's called On the Boat. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, the first one here. It's the last Hollywood video set on a cruise ship. <laughs> Triangle of happiness is what I call it. All right. Uh, no, the first one here is Dune Part Two for sure. I think just what we experienced in what I experienced in Dune Part One, the size, the scale. It's a movie that I I did not really know what I was anticipating, but then when I saw it, I was like, "This is incredible!" I was blown away by it. Yeah. It basically won every Academy Award except for Best Director <laughs> and Best Picture. Uh, and then I will also name. Spider-Man into the multiverse across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to come out in 2022. They pushed it to 2023. But I love that they are centered on the Miles, Miles Morales story and not just going like, let's just make more multiverse shit. Um, and then lastly, I will name check Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, mostly because of a James Gunn farewell. And I'm curious to see what he's going to do with this. Um, and I'm curious to see if he's going to. Uh, I know he has to abide by the MCU rules and by the House of Mouse, but I'm curious if he's just going to be like, I'm going to make this movie that has a weird message in it that doesn't really vibe with the rest of this stuff. Uh, Deuces, I'll see you over at Warner Brothers slash DC. I mean, no one stopped him so far, so <laughs> I, I expect it. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to it. Uh, you? Across the Spider-Verse, hands down, is the movie I'm most looking forward to. Sure. Like, I, I just, I can't wait. There's no reason for me to expect anything less than greatness from more miles morales in this world and this yeah. tone in this animation style that seems to be pushing the limits even further yeah. you guys mentioned a lot of the ones i'm already looking forward to asteroid city from wes anderson yes yes yeah. that we all like wes anderson um yeah. 
Um, yeah. I'm very curious about Next Goal Wins, the new Taika Waititi film, the kind of in-between oh, blockbusters. Yeah, the Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Like, I, I like his smaller movies quite a bit, so I, I'm hoping for the best there. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon, the Scorsese movie with uh, DiCaprio yeah. and um, Jesse Plemons. So last year. Yep. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, whenever Fincher's around, I'm here for it, and he's adapting a comic that I'm a big fan of called The Killer. Um, so with also with Fassbender, speaking of which, so yes, oh, yes, please. Huh. Um, Gareth Evans directed uh, Godzilla and Rogue One and and Monsters to a lesser extent. Um, and he finally has a new film called True Love with uh, John Mike, uh, John David Washington. I I've know nothing about it whatsoever, but I really like what Garth, Gareth Evans does with sci-fi and scale. Yeah. And so I, I, I just really want to know what this is going to be. I look forward to it. Right. And there's a, there's a couple Dracula movies, Renfield being one of them that I'm yeah. looking forward to. But also <laughs> there's a movie called Last of the Demeter. Um, that's a, the last voyage of the Demeter, which is that there's that part in Dracula where Dracula has to be shipped across the sea right. to, to Europe. And this is a movie all uh, about that voyage. That I is am a, fascinated a com- by this story. Yeah, that is a um, uh, a detail we talked about on the commentary for Nosferatu. Yeah, and so I, I'm really looking forward to like what this movie is going to be that depicts that voyage. That sounds really neat to me as mm-hmm. far as a premise for a film goes. And it's, it's going to be dire- hilarious. It's from the director of uh, what <laughs> Troll Hunter and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, among other things. So, uh, so oh, uh, that actually might be hilarious. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm looking forward to what that could be. And you know, Nolan has Oppenheimer. I mean, Nolan does things that we like. So, I'm yes, looking to that. Inc- in- including recreating a possible small nuclear explosion on, on for film. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and you know, John Wick Four is coming as well, and Fast yeah. X is coming, of course. The X. It's gonna give it to you. Is this yeah. the last yeah. one? Two more. Is this this one and and two fast, more? Fast X plus one. So, uh, oh which my I, gosh, I hope that's the title. Yeah, that oh, Mission wow. Impossible just wrapping things up with two parts. That's right. That's yeah, what we exactly. got. And uh, I hope Shyamalan pulls something off here from Knock at the Cabin. I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I, I hope so too. I mean, I, I I like the continued presence of Batista just doing stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I'm all about that. So yeah, huge. I'm a huge fan. So yeah, plenty of movies coming along. For sure. Uh, we have some listener uh, feedback as well. Um, Chris goes as far as anticipated films. Too Many to Choose, but Dune Part 2. Also, Evil Dead Rise. Obviously, Cocaine Bear. Project Wolf. <laughs> John Wick 4 and Fast X. And uh, Philip has uh, Makoto Shinkai Suzumi. This is the director Ooh. of Your Name and uh, what, Weathering Weathering with You? Yeah, Weathering with You. Yeah, yeah so this is the late, their latest uh, animated okay. uh, anime, anime feature, uh, Suzumi. Uh, so yeah, plenty of uh, things coming down the pipeline. Uh, with all of that being said, I think we've done it, guys. I think we've wrapped we up it. the uh, the top oh, 10 yeah. films of 2022, as well as what to look forward to in 2023. Yeah. Uh, you can find all of my other work at my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends over there. I write for We Live Entertainment and Wise to Blue for movie reviews, blue reviews, criterion reviews. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, we did it. Marcus Robinson, where can people find more of your work? Uh, MoviesMarcus.com, MoviesMarcus1 on Instagram, and MoviesMarcus on Twitter, on Elon's Twitter. You can, that's another documentary coming soon. <laughs> you can find all the other episodes being made right now. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Out There and Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHBLD. Feel free to email us at outnowpockets.gmail.com. Or write on our physical office.com slash out now podcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash out now underscore podcast. 
And of course, there's our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash so underscore podcast as well. And yeah, once again, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes. That would be great. Thank you so much. Uh, Marcus Robinson, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, thank Marcus. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully it wasn't too depressing. Oh, you're no. fine. You're fine. I feel I feel, I feel happier. Um, <laughs> thanks once again also to all of the uh, various yes. guests that we've had who were happy to contribute their top tens to the show. Thank as you well. for the hundreds of guests that also gave us their little uh, snippets that we've entered into this episode. Mm-hmm. And thanks to the listeners, of course, for submitting their you know thoughts on favorite films of the year or what have you, and just commenting in general. And yes, always thank you shows. to those folks that have been constantly commenting. We love those comments. We love reading them. Aaron and I giggle about them as we go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun recapping 2022. Of course, that year is completely over. We'll never talk about those movies again. Uh, mm-hmm. So we look forward to whatever we have going on next. Uh, what's next week? Next week's show, we have what? Missing. Missing is coming next week. Ooh. From the, the creators of Searching. Now it's time for Missing. Um, <laughs> with all that being said, though, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And farewell 2022. Thanks, guys, for listening, and keep on listening to the boys. That's stupid. Delete that.